Hello and welcome to episode number 51 of The Third Power. This, as always, is your host, Anthony Avatolo Esquire. And as always, <laughs> my most bodacious co-host, Usman Jamil. It's quite radical here. Thank you. I've been watching In, uh, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure a lot recently. Are they making a new yes, one? Yes, I believe they are. I believe they're making a third one. That's By the way, I think the second one is a vastly underrated movie. As much as I like the first one, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey has some great, great funny moments in it. Did you ever play the NES game? No, for Bill and Ted? I did that's, not. That's good. That's, that's good because it's atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I had no idea such a thing existed. Uh, ignorance is bliss in this in this situation because I, I have, however, so I, I did, however, own the ET Atari Twenty Six Hundred game as we've talked previously. Oh, that's that's such a classic. So <laughs> falling down pits, right? In landfills. So, <laughs> all right, well, anyway, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed our cons preview uh, today. We're here to talk about red. So uh, we're going to be talking about all manners of red cards, what it does well, what it does poorly. Uh, honorary red cards, favorite red cards, questions from listeners, uh, all that good stuff, all based around the color red, which incidentally was uh, my favorite color growing up. Just not magic, just in no, general? Just in general, just red. Yeah. Red's a, red's a nice color. Yeah, just like red, like everything that like, I wanted to buy or eat or whatever, like I just wanted it, you know, as a default, like red was just auto best. I mean, to be fair... Red is kind of nice. Like I'm more, I'm more of a, a nice blue color. person oh. now, but I've just always defaulted yeah. to red. I just have this like we, I have this solo cup that's on Ooh, my desk. It, it was sold. To, yeah, it's actually a red of solo cup. Of course, it's a red solo cup. Those are the best kind, right? I, I'm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, did I ever show you my Boros mouse pen? Oh no, I don't know if you did. I, I think I've posted it every once in a while on like Twitter when I get cards in the mail, but. Um, it's the Moto Cube art of Boros Signet. Have you ever seen that yes. art? It's that oh, that's art. That's cool. As a mouse pad, because I, I was like, I could put Jace, because you know, there's like, get essentially create your own mouse pad. Uh, and I was like, I could put Black Lotus or Jace or Time Walk. I'm just like, that's just no, I don't think so. I'm gonna put Boros Signet. And yeah. Nice. Go ahead and start our episode like we start every episode, and that is with a crack the pack. So uh, tonight we'll be using my cube, which is about 570, uh, excuse me, 570 unpowered, with uh, includes silver border cards and conspiracies and all that good stuff. I actually, oh, I actually want to include more conspiracies than I have because I'm actually finding that they're all better than I thought they were. Yeah, like even the ones I think I originally dismissed as being kind of crappy because they only affect one card. It's like using a f- free pick to make cards in your deck better. Like it doesn't actually make yeah. your deck worse. So why so, would um, it make it better? You know what I mean? I'm. Fr- I think there is a uh, a trick with that card, including it. It involves probably one of your favorite cards in Cube. What's that? Did you know that there is a card called Illusion? Yes. Lit card yeah. called Illusion. Right. So. You can name Illusion and give your Maloku dudes, <laughs> so they're now 3-3s. Three oh, my God. 
Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I'm not yes, like a super name a card. Uh Yeah. I'm just not sure if it's if it has to be a creature cuz when a uh, crib swap was around, mm-hmm. like you could ruin Halo naming the card Shapeshifter, which was like some terrible card from Antiquities. Mm-hmm. Or Legends. I think it was from Legends, actually. It was some awful I, artifact creature. I'm pretty creature. sure that that works. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. And I think it's one of the only cases where it really does work, other than Packrat. Yeah. Ah, Packrat. That, too. Nice. <laughs> so. Packrat, that taste. Right. Pack, right. All your Packrats get plus one, plus one counters. Wow. Yeah. So, you could, you could do that better than well. Okay, here we go. Sorry. So, so, uh, first card is Coalition Relic. I like Coalition Relic. Card number two is Garrick Wildspeaker. G. OG Garrick. He is quite, he's quite Garrick. (laughs) Doesn't even make sense. He's quite Garrick. Card number three is City of Brass. City of Brass, nice. That's That's a nice one. Card number four is Primeval Titan. Lots of red cards we're seeing here. Yeah, not, not like the black episode. Oh, that was, I actually re-listened to that episode pretty recently. Oh, that was absurd. And <laughs> that was the best crack pack ever. Card number five is Blood Gift Demon. Man, I was thinking it would be a red card that started with blood, but yeah. nope, just, uh, just Blood card Gift number Demon. Number six is Bribery. Come on, pack. What's, what's wrong with this pack? Card number seven is Catastrophe. Alright. Card number eight is Wickerbow Elder. Wicker, Wicker, Wickerbow. Right. I love that. Oh, Wickerbow Elder. It's so good. Card number nine, we did it. Hero of Oxid Ridge. Oh, there you go, finally. Hero of Ox Ridge. Alright. Card number ten is Ink Eye, Servant of Oni. I thought I heard a cat meow or something. Yeah, we, uh, one cat's currently going bonkers around the house. Aw. He was like jumping, uh, in the room on that. He was like playing skater and kept like jumping on, like jumping on the furniture and then off the furniture and on the furniture and off, and, like on off, kept going back and forth. Uh, card 11 is Arc Trail. Oh, Arc Trail. That's a good card. That's quite good. Number 12. Is Morphling. Ah, the old, the old Morphling. Not Torchling, mind you. Number 13, Noble Hierarch. That's like a thousand dollars now. Yeah, good board. <laughs> Number 14 is Gorehouse Chainwalker. That's a, that's a nice one. And finally, number 15 is Mirren Crusader. All right. So there you go. Interesting pack. I think I know what I want to take, though. Well, hmm. Actually, it's a little difficult. Maybe. So for me, a, a few of the cards in this pack kind of jump out at me. Uh, one of which is Coalition Relic. Yeah. Uh, it's very non- Right. Another which is Primeval Titan. Yeah, that's a, that's a good, that's a good one. one. Uh, Bribery jumps out to me. Yeah, I was thinking, I kind of forgot Primeval Titan. I think for me it was between Co-Relic and Bribery, and I kind of forgot Prime Titan. 
Um, those, and, and I mean, the other, I do like the other cards. I like Mirror and Crusader a lot. Uh, Hierarch is very important. Arc Trail is awesome. Um, but I don't know, like, if I want a mana card, I'm taking Relic over the City of Brass. Uh, and probably mm-hmm. over Noble Hierarch. Uh, just because, like I said, it's non-committal. I mean, it's not good in the aggro deck or whatever, but it has a lot of use elsewhere. Um, and so I guess I'm looking at three kind of big, bigger mana cards. You know, I'm not really looking at aggressive cards, as it were. Because, to be honest, none of these... I mean, I do like Hero of Oxford Ridge and Mirren Crusade. But I don't know if any one of those individually is going to push me into that archetype. Especially if we're talking yeah. pick one, pack one here. Mm-hmm. So, Especially with something as non-committal as Co-Relic. Right. So... At least that's the kind of way uh, I feel about it at this point. Uh, we just had a cat run across the keyboard, so that was fun. <laughs> what? He ran in, thankfully jumped over the cube pack, but then landed on the keyboard and did a little dance on the keyboard and then ran along. What? Yeah, that was nuts. <laughs> Getting assaulted by cats again. <laughs> like that other podcast. So it was like, yeah, I think the episode was basically uh, Anthony getting attacked by cats and Usman laughing at him. Yeah, that, that was the <laughs> For me, I think out of this pack, I think for today, I'm feeling Coalition Relic. That's kind of what I'm feeling, too. I, I, I might be tempted to go bribery, but Coalition Relic is so non-committal, and it's a very powerful yeah, it's, card, it's too. It's very good. And like I, bribery, I think has fallen off a bit from the initial. I used to I used to consider it uh, initially like the holy grail of blue blue fives. So it was bribery, treachery, mm-hmm. and future sight. Well, mm-hmm. the holy grail, like it was like the holy trifecta of uh, of of blue cards, blue fives. Um, while I think treachery still lives in that penthouse, I think the other two have uh, come down a few floors. Uh, however. Yeah. Playing Future Sight in the deck with Master of Waves is really fun. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite a combination. I so, like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a nice one. So, for me, for today, I'm going Coalition Relic. Although I could make arguments for Prime Time, I could make arguments for uh, Bribery, um, and I, I could make arguments for uh, Mirror and Crusader as well. Yeah, because Mirror and Crusader hits pretty hard, especially when you have pants. That's true. Well, I can't forget right. the pants. Can't forget the pants. Speaking of pants, hmm. there's one card in this in red which I've always really wanted to like, but in all reality, it's just not gonna probably make a cube okay. ever. A uh, Goto Bandit Warlord. Oh yeah, that card is sweet. Yeah, it just feels like I don't know how what the conditions will need to be met in order for me to put it in my okay, cube. Okay, so so the thing you about know. Goto. Uh, and I think Goto was probably in my cube for a little while when he, uh, after, when it was first constructed. Because it's like, man, mm-hmm. who gets, gets an equipment and puts it right into play. I think it would have to be, uh, I, I think Red would have to take on more of a, uh, ramp mid-range flavor. But also have, I think we need, I, I almost, I hesitate to say this, I almost think we need like more equipment. However, can you imagine going and getting Batter Skull? Yeah, that's just the greatest feeling I would assume ever. I mean, granted, you don't get the extra it's, attack or whatever because it attaches it, right? Or does it uh, I believe it, go, it comes into play. Oh, it comes okay, into so play. It attaches stuff. Okay, well, that might. I'm, I just remember, I, I remember it coming into play, but 
I'll, I'll double right check now. that. Uh, Odo. So Godo, when it enters the battlefield, right. searcher, and yeah, no, just put it onto the battlefield. Then whenever mm-hmm. it attacks for the first time each turn, untap it and all samurai you control. <laughs> After this phase, yeah, there's an, an additional combat phase. Yeah, like, if that guy didn't cost, I mean, I think if he costed less than six, he'd be broke. Yeah, five mana would just be absurd. Six mana. Six mana is the correct uh, price, for sure. Yeah. But like going it's... and getting a sword and putting it into play, going and getting a batter skull and putting it into play. Like, you know, the, the big thing was when you used to get like, uh, Tatsu Sama? Tatsu Maka? What was the, what was the dragon sword? Tatsu, yeah, ta- Tatsu, Tatsu Masa, Masa, the dragon yes. thing or something? Tatsu Masa, that's it. That was, okay. when it used to be like, okay, Godo, and they're like, okay, you're like, Tatsu Masa, put it into play. They're like, oh boy. Yeah, like, uh oh. This just got serious. Or like Godo's Mall was good too. So I think we would, I, I, I think we'd have to be more of a ramp, uh, flavor to it. But I don't know. I mean, we have enough good equipments now that maybe it is worth it. I think maybe a few more equipments would, would probably be. I would like be. to see, I, I think Batter Skull is a perfect example of a more expensive equipment that is fine if you just get it onto the field. Mm-hmm. That has an effect just by being present, like Batter Skull does. Maybe yeah. if we had one more batter skull type card, we would see something like that. But I, I have a hard time imagining when that card is going to appear because yeah. I feel like they're like think, Oops, batter skull. Yeah, just like oh, we uh, we kind of goof so, there. So yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I, I like that card. That card seems. Yeah, cool. I like it too. I mean, it's an EDH All Star. Oh oh yeah. Wow, I would imagine how many how much foils are worth. Probably like a few bajillions. Yeah, I am sure it's not cheap. Let's uh, let's uh, let's, let's, let's take fine. a peek here. Uh, oh no, they're not that they're not that bad. Fifteen okay. median. That's not bad. That's actually less than I thought it would be. Me too. I thought it'd be like twenty or thirty. So anyway, yeah, I like that huh. card. I like it. It's, it's just a, a little one. on the slow side, I think. Yeah. Maybe for like five and a half yeah, mana. So you mm. use like yeah. city of ass and cast it on yeah. five. <laughs> yeah. Know. What if it was like two triple red? Oh, it would still be bonkers. I think it would still be bonkers. It would have to be like quad red one. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking. I'm not sure if that could work. I mean, I, I guess mean, it certainly limits the amount of decks it could go into. Yeah. And I think at that point, I think it's just too much of equipment. Like trips red, trips red's probably the right if the right number of reds if you want to reduce it by one. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we're talking theoreticals when we could be talking about actual cards. That's true. Like, uh, don't talk about questions. Yeah, like that, we or? can. Well, well, let's talk a little bit more. Why don't we just talk about the basics of red and red decks and things like that, and then we'll move on to the questions. Because then, you know, we, we may get some answers or our, our musings may answer some of the questions. All right. So, all right. Tell me, what does red do well? Uh, it attacks for two and deals direct damage. It sure does. I mean, it attacks for two, deals direct damage, tries to kill people by turn four or five. Um, these are the things it certainly does best. Um, historically, it's kind of always been that way. I mean, you look at the very first boon cycle and what does red do? Red deals damage. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they've, they've kind of stuck with that theme over the years, right? It's just always about attacking, attacking, attacking. Um, and then, you know, so, so low cost, high power dudes. 
Um, not so much like green, where green has these, you know, green's supposed to be the creature color. Uh, but the, you know, it's, it's kind of like red flavor of, hey, we're going to have high risk, high reward cards, right? So like you see, uh, we have a lot of like three power two drops, but they can't block. Or, uh, mm-hmm. two power one drops, but they have to attack every turn. Or, you know, we, we see more and more red cards like that, that they have to attack, right? To try to mitigate the, uh, the high power level or the cheapness of them being in play. I, I don't think anybody debates this. I don't think anybody does anything. Uh, the other thing it does is we have quite a few, like, uh, damage based sweepers going back, of course, to earthquake, right? There's been lots of permutations of earthquake. Mm-hmm. Pyroclasm, which I think was that Ice Age? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Good old pyroclasm with flare. Right, right, right. So we have all like the little like cheapo ones, right? So we have like the set damage, like deals two to each, deals three to each. And then we have all like the X ones, right? So we have rolling earthquake. We have regular earthquake. We have, uh, the one that gets split second, molten disaster. We have star storm, which is an instant, which can cycle. Um, uh, there's, there's also, I guess, X spells, but really those that don't see much. Representation well, cube, to. just the like, yeah, like Devil's Play, right? Like Fireball was just, like, if, you know, it's just one of those like iconic red cards, you know, Mana Flare mm-hmm. plus Fireball, yeah, uh, and the you know just with the efficient creatures and the efficient spells that we're getting, just like those X spells have fallen in favor. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, one of the best cards for years, red burn spells printed was what Caravex Porch because it cost people an extra two mana to counter it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Was Bane, I remember Banefire being right, pretty... Right, was, uh, if you're, uh, there, there's, uh, one, which one's the Hellbent one? Demonfire? Yeah, so Demonfire, which is the Hellbent one, and Banefire, which it's five or more, good luck. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Urza's Rage. Yeah, that was a cool you one. Know, Tenya. For a, yep, can't right, counter it. Can't counter this. Uh, so, you know, it, red is all about the burn, all about the attacking, uh, and if you think about it, the sweepers are kind of burned too, right? Mm-hmm. They're all bit damage yeah, based. So it's a lot of damage based stuff. That's what it does best. I mean, it certainly has some, uh, LD to it as well. Yeah. I know, I know, I think we talked about this before, but, you know, historically it costs three mana and then it's been kind of correctly rated, quote unquote, at mm-hmm. four mana. So unfortunately, the days of good cube LD, you know, that door is kind of closed. Right. right unless you start, I think the only way we're going to see more of that is if uh, you get things like Avalanche Riders or uh, the the yeah Goblin Blaster. Blaster, things like that, where you have this additional benefit to it, maybe with an additional drawback. You know, Ruin Blaster can only get non-basic clans, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like molten rain, you know, that's kind of surprising to see in this modern day and age when, you know, nowadays we see LD at four. Well, although, you know, the, uh, what I consider to be the, basically the modern era of magic design started with the updated border and the updated border started in Mirrodin. So that's, you know, just at the, the beginning, you know, the, the crest of that wave, you know, mm-hmm. the tip of the iceberg. Or the crest of the wave, you know, the, the the tip of the spear. I don't know how many other uh, other metaphors yeah, I can I mean, use uh, here for uh, 
for the beginning of something. But so, and I think that's why that was that was that way. I, I don't think you would see that card now at all. Yeah, there's no way that card would be printed now. There's also like in terms of red flavor or artifact destruction type yeah, cards. Yeah, absolutely. Man- Manic Vandal, Keldon Vandals, Ingressure, Smash the Smith. Yeah, and I've been kind of playing Smash the Smithereens off and on in my cube, and I'm not, I don't know, it's been alright. Yeah, I'm not a, you're right, Deal sure, three. I'm not a huge fan of those, because sometimes they just don't have any artifacts, and you're like, well, nice mulligan. Yeah, this nice, feels, uh. This feels sideboardy I, I, to me. Sometimes it usually just takes, it, it seems feels like a lot of times that most opponents tend to have at least one, but it's like, alright, I guess I'll kill your, Bones right, right. Well, it's one of those things, too, where you're like, okay, well, should I, you know, you have this tension of, do I just use this card right now as a burn spell? And you're like, yeah, I guess I should, because I'm just, I just might not have a real target for it later. And you're like, ha, I have this extra mana, take three. And they're like, sweet, uh, untap sort of protection from red and equip it. And you're like, well, that was stupid. Yeah, it's like, uh-oh, like, well, engineer. How about How about I punch you in the face? But it's like batter sc- tap out for right, batter right. Thanks like, for blowing that up. It's like, uh oh. So, you know, and that's why it feels a little more cyborg to me. But yeah, but you're right. Blowing up uh artifacts is, is certainly something you know, that's a green flavor thing too, right? Because it's uh green's flavor is nature versus man, right? Uh mm-hmm. and red's flavor of it is bull in a china shop. Because mm-hmm. red breaks things. Uh, and I think that's part of one of Red's big drawbacks that we see is that chaotic nature of things. Uh, um, there's not there's not a whole lot of Red removal type things that either doesn't hit you or has some sort of random element to it. Uh, uh, we've seen you know random discard out of Red for a while. Uh, things like uh, not that this is a cue card. What is it? Sonic Blast that requires you to discard. Oh, Sonic. Sonic Sonic Burst, Burst, I think? Which, like, would have been, like, an awesome spell, but you have to randomly discard a spell, discard a card, or Balduvian Hordes, right? That was, oh, well, here's this, dude, it's Juzum Jin, but you have to randomly discard a card. Um, And that was, like, the money card, you know, for a while, and now it's... Nice Force of Will. Now it's just, like, yeah, Force of Wills are, I don't even know how much Force of Wills are now. Probably somewhere in the 70, 90 range, is my guess. I have to have to look them up. Yeah. I'm not sure what they are in TCG player, but uh, so there's so like Chaos Warp, right? Chaos Warp is an awesome card, but you know you might just get screwed. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's still I still think it's awesome, but you know you might it, it might just get you, or you know a lot of people like Aftershock. Um, I am not one of those people, but uh, a lot of people like that because they're like, oh, I can not- deal with this, and it's like, well, hey, guess what? You're going to take some damage too, so. Uh, or, you know, the red card draw spells often say, well, you have to discard something first. Or, like, gamble. Oh, yeah, you can go tutor, but then you have to discard something at random. Yeah, you might just right. lose it. Once again, you might just get it. So so that's one of the things that red uh, really can't deal with. Um, enchantments are often a, a big weakness for red. You know, that's that's one, yeah. of, the, that's one of the reasons why Chaos Warp is, is so good is because it, it can actually deal with enchantments. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I know I'm kind of taking up a lot of the airspace here. You have anything you want to add about the weak strengths, weaknesses? I feel like one of the things, and I kind of named it lunges, 
in the spreadsheet kind of affects like searing blaze, searing blood. Like I call it lunge because there's an awful card. For, yeah, from yeah, masks, I think. Yeah, I mean it was a good card. Format, yeah. yeah, it's like two in a red, deals two damage to target creature and two to target player. So you know, like OG searing blaze or searing blood or whatever. But a lot of those, it doesn't tend to get a lot of raw card advantage. It tends to get card advantage through stuff like that, where it's like two for one burn spells and things. Sure. Which I, I like those kinds of cards. Like you have definitely sold me on Searing Blaze because that card is super yeah, card, sweet. Card is actually real nice. Like as it turns out, yeah, taking that two mana deal six. <laughs> it's like what? Right. It's like oh, it's like uh, two cards in one. Well, it's like what's well, our, our yeah. lash out? Right. Lash out's another one of these random element cards. Like mm-hmm. even though that clash mechanic just in general was was random by its nature. But that's what, you know, it's a very red effect. Like, yeah, I'm going to do damage here. Well, who knows? I might do damage to you, too. Or uh, some of the goblin cards have lots of random things, right? There's that mm-hmm. random element. Even goblin. Yeah, I mean, go- even goblin yeah, died. Yeah, exactly. Like, this card's awesome, but your opponent might just draw three extra cards off of it. And it's like, about their lands, who cares? Right, but then they, they, but then they get to very- draw the other cards that you don't see. Mm-hmm. Oh, I really love Goblin. Oh, that card is. I I, I found it interesting so that the uh, most recent Legacy Open was won by a deck that did not, well, by a blue red Delver deck that did not run Goblin Guide. Instead, it ran Monastery Swift Spear. Yeah. Which is uh, took the place of straight up took the place of Goblin Guide because of the cast lots of spells on your own turn nature of the deck. Just uh, almost always did two, and often did three or more. Especially in, com- in conjunction with things like uh, Pyromancer, uh, you know, Pyromancer, mm-hmm. uh, where you can just turn one, they take one, turn two, Pyromancer, uh, probe them, get a guy, get some extra damage, attack him again. Next turn, you know, oh I don't know, ponder, preordain, brainstorm. <laughs> There's a, mm-hmm. a variety. Of things. Yeah, I don't know, burn their face. There's all kinds of stuff you can do to get that value. So. There's also, I guess, one thing... Oh, man. I was, I was going to say something that I forgot. No. Oh, I guess it's like dividable damage spells. That's kind of a red thing, too. Sure, your arc lightnings and your uh, rolling thunders and... Oh, what I was going to say, um, like synergies. And it's not a huge part of the flavor in Cube, but like instants and sorceries matter cards, like Gutter Snipe yeah, and so Pyromancer. You're right. Well, I think that's a recent thing, right? These spells matter cards. There aren't a lot in cube, but, but, but the ones know, that are there are pretty nice. Thing. Uh, what about yeah. haste? Haste right. is a good, uh, is a big red thing, right? Yeah. Good old, good old lightning. Essentially direct. Yep. Right. So we essentially yep, direct damage. And Hell's Thunder and uh, what's the two drop one? Hell Spark Elemental. There's lots of these, right, direct damage creatures. It's like, well, sure, lots of very high power, but big drawback. Like, mm-hmm. only one toughness. Or it's essential. Uh, might just die before it gets to mm-hmm. doing damage, or, you know, might just, it's going, definitely going to die afterwards, doesn't stick around. Yeah, like, uh, what's that, Kelda Marauders? That's a very, that's right, a very, right, yeah, it goes card. up to the face and only sticks around for a short period of time. So. Yep. It's like, all right, I'm here. It's it's so awkward the situations where you have to block it, and it's like, well, do I? Well, it's I don't like, want to do trade. I really want to take five from one card. 
Mm-hmm. The best lava <laughs> axe ever. Man, a lava axe. It's so good. Love lava. Love of Kelda Marauders. That card's sweet. Red has a lot of sweet cards, and in like the dragons types of cards, like uh, what's that? Like Thunderball, <laughs> etc. I'm kind of surprised we didn't see a drag, a, a you know, a dragon. Oh, but I guess that's the setup for the next set. Oh yeah, that, they that's true. You can. Every time I hear that, I just think of like Street Fighter. I don't know why. You can. <laughs> no, he's not you coming can. back. What are you talking about? Totally, totally not coming back. You guys gonna come like back this, uh, and be this enormously ridiculously costed thing that's gonna be really fun to uh, kaboom people with. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, I forget. It's like a, it's a trope, like, uh, what's that called? Chekhov's gun or something? Where I think it was based off, so, and it has nothing to do with Star Trek, but it's like if there's a, if during a play, if there's a gun on stage during Act 1, you pretty much have to use it by Act, you know, 2 or 3, otherwise it makes no sense. Huh. And it's kind of, I've, it's on, it's probably on TV tropes yeah, or something. I like probably, that website, I could by like the way, it. TV tropes. It's, it's really yeah, it's, interesting. It's a good one. Like, oh, it's yeah, it's all these same things over and over and over again. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So here's, yep. here's I think, another weakness of red. Well, you know, we have here, too, historical lack of card advantage. It's, you know, kind of all this, like, virtual card advantage stuff and not actual advantage. Um, yeah. In the blue sense of the word, you know, where it's like uh, use one card to draw two cards. You know, it's often it's get two cards worth of value on one card, a la spear, uh, searing blaze, searing blood, whatever. Uh, arc lightning, you know, take care of two cards with one, uh, but not exactly straight up like, oh, this is definitely or like, I guess you, sweepers count. But the problem is, is that, you know, and we'll and we'll get into this when it comes to the question. And it's that balance of uh, the red control decks versus the red aggro decks. Yeah. And I think it feels like back in the early days of cubes, there was emphasis on putting a lot of the red wraths and mass removal, and because that red aggressive decks kind of lagged behind. And granted, of course, red has gotten a lot of better oh, yeah. cards since then. But definitely it feels like a lot of the early designs of cubes were kind of... They suffered, because, or at least the red sections, the red aggressive parts suffered because it was like, all right, we got to get earthquake and pyroclasm and this and you know earthquake. You know you pretty much include you know got to catch them all with the wraths because you know wraths are right. good and limited yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of evaluation. Sorry, what I was going to say. I, I kind of sidetracked so, myself. Sorry. Oh, oh, I don't. I don't know. Well, I had oh, what I was going to say. Was uh, you know, reds uh, a big drawback. Of, it's not a drawback necessarily of the cards per se, but of the color is that it's tip. It's historically, it's not that interesting. As far as it just kind of has been doing the same thing for a long time. Yeah, it attacks, it does its thing. And it burns. It's like it's it's like the ACDC or Motorhead of, of Magic. It does the same thing like over and over. Spin doctors of Magic. Do they do the, the same stuff over and over? Magic. Oh, it's also yeah. kind of sounds the same. Every once in a while, you get something that's different. But then you're like, oh no, no, it's it was like. Uh, I forget, I think it was ACDC who were interviewed, and they, um, you know, I think they interviewed Angus Young, and they were like, so, we've been hearing this, you know, they say we make the same album, you know, we've made the same album 20, you know, 20 times, and I, you know, I said that's, that's wrong, 
We've done the same album 21 times. <laughs> nice. <laughs> was like, nice. Yep. So it is kind of like that. It's, and it's very, you know, it's not fancy. You know, th- there are definitely times when you don't, you know, you're the red deck and you just win. You know, you're hellbent, your board is dead, but it doesn't matter because you right. won. Where you just use all your resources. It's like, well, all right, gotta, right. gotta well, like this. All right. In, uh, in, in constructed formats, right? It's just like a seven card combo deck or a six card combo deck. Mm-hmm. It's just like, okay, well, if I resolve yeah. six of my cards to, to have an effect, the effect that they do, I'm going to win the game. Yeah. So. So that, I guess that's another, uh, like I said, I, quote unquote weakness of that. Well, with that in mind too, we, we've got, let's, uh, I don't know, do you have anything else to add? Brit's just not that full of, uh, of interesting things to talk about, but we certainly have a lot of interesting questions from people that we'll, we'll flush out some. Well, there's like, there, there's like the wildfires, I yeah, guess that well, could be a thing. That's, that's another that's, deck. Yeah, like for sure. Some... Go ahead. I feel like that's probably what, you know, is going to segue into our questions is, you know, the wildfire decks or, you know, the rampy red decks types of things where it just kind of doesn't attack for two. It just kind of uses the red parts to, you know, go to the late game kind of thing or just right. kill so stuff. We're talking, and this is kind of topical with recent reprinting of uh, Burning of Genie, uh, that we, you know, we now have like two wildfires that are, that are readily accessible where basically the object is to play some enormously large thing. Or, or use your artifacts to gain an advantage or play a planeswalker. You know, we have lots of planeswalkers weren't around when wildfire was out. Uh, that we now mm-hmm. have this advantage where you can blow up the board and be left with something. So, you know, this also, you know, goes into, you know, yokel hops into obliterate and those t- types of things too, where it's like, well, I'm going to blow up, you know, I'm going to watch the world burn, but I'm going to be left with something afterwards. Mm hmm. And it's kind of strange, like, before, um, there were, you know, red seemed like it was kind of lagging in Planeswalkers, and then we got some better ones, like, especially Sarkin. Like, have you, have you played that yeah, guy I've yet? I played against it just in Cons Limited. I've not actually played him in Cube yet. I would imagine Cons Limited, though. Yeah, just it's, I, I had to beat three of them at my pre-release. Yes. What? Yep. What? I mean, Ew. we did it, but that's wasn't geez. wasn't exactly pretty. That's like super yeah. hard mode right there. Jeez, yeah, that's awful. Wasn't exactly pretty. Luckily, we uh, had an advantage. You know, had a, had a board advantage both times when it. You know, all the times when it came down, so it was able to not you know just die to it or whatever. But uh, it certainly turned like you know multiple times. It's certainly like well. Uh, they used it, and it's like, well, it's now the last man on board. Like one of my games, I had the the six four. Something has to block it when you attack with it. Um, oh. And then he's like, uh, and that was the only thing I had on my side of the table. He had nothing, and he's like, Sarkan, uh, flame, uh, flame slash it, flame slash. And I'm like, well, that kind of stinks. Uh-huh. And I looked at my hand. I'm like, oh, maybe if I draw a, I'm like, ooh, land. Uh, Teamer Ascendancy, Morph, has haste, attack your Sarkin, hmm. kill it. Oh, so that's cool. Got, my, got like myself that. out of that one. But uh, luckily, like I said, we had just enough to that, that 
a, an indestructible haste for for every turn wasn't as big a deal. You could just like straight up race it or whatever. So yeah, yeah. Jeez. But yeah, they played that so card. It's just like groan. All right. Yeah, I'm just like uh. <laughs> right, right. Mode B. New plan. Figure out how not to die. All right. Nice. So. Uh, but yeah, I think the, that Wildfire deck is is real good, especially now with the addition of Sarkin, because that's that nice, well, here's the turn before I go off, and then bang, right? It's this nice progression of 5-6. So whether that means mm-hmm. if you're playing yeah. Coalition Relic on turn 3, you know, on turn 4 we get to, uh, you know, turn 4 we get to do 1, turn 5 we get to do the next, you know, or the Signet on turn 2, or whatever it might be. Uh it's a mm-hmm. nice progression leading up to it. Typically, like decks of old were Covetous Dragon, right? That was the initial, uh, what's the deck is that you would yeah. play turn two Grim Monolith, uh, turn three, you know, and, and then some, some, or, you know, diamonds or whatever it was that was around at the time. And then you would, uh, Covetous Dragon into Wildfire, because Wildfire left you with your Mana Rocks and did not kill your dragon because he was just 6-5. So. Mm-hmm. That's certainly a real archetype, and like I said, I think it's more real now with uh, with Planeswalkers. Uh, but it's certainly something you have to. It takes a little bit. I think it takes a little bit of drafting it a few times to, to kind of know what to do with. Yeah, I've seen people try to put Wildfire in their aggressive decks. Don't do that. Yeah, that's, that doesn't that's work awful. out so well. <laughs> that works out terribly. <laughs> not the uh, not the biggest fan of that move, but whatever. No, that's not good. So do you want to go to uh, sure. questions? Sure, let's read some questions. All right, should I start sure, with questions? Or... Okay, so question number one, Steve032. Uh, he said, I don't, I don't no, know if it's a like question, but I think it's more to, just... Of which to speak. Oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. Balancing aggression... Infinite Jackal Pups and Sweepers, Pyroclasms, Wraths, um, etc. Yeah, and I think, and it's like I said, I think early on, I think a lot of cubes kind of suffered because they were just like, put all of the Wraths in there. It's like, alright, because they're good and limited, we gotta put all the Wraths there. And then it just didn't really work. You know, it was just uh, the aggressive support. You know, it granted it's a lot better now, but it was just so diluted that red would usually be better in decks like Naya and you know, Naya mid-range or Grixis control than for any kind of red aggressive deck. Right, and I think with the recent uptick of the quality of creatures, uh, I mean, look at the red two drops in the past couple of years. We've got some great red two drops. Yeah, we've got... Uh, I think with the increased amount of that, and just the, you know, the you know, at some point, like I feel like the sweepers, the red sweepers that you want to play have to do one of two things. Uh, they need to help stabilize a board for the control decks. Um, or they need to do something extra, like the wildfires and things like that we're talking about. Um, I'm not a yeah. huge fan of running too many of the anti, because, you know, aggressive decks are... You know, we, we've learned through the years of, of playing that, like, you really have to support them hard in order for them to show up on a consistent basis and be successful. Having too many cards that just get the aggressive decks, too many pyroclasms and anger of the gods and fire spouts 
and like these, you know, not that anger is easy to cast, but too many of these and, and earthquakes and things like that. I think too many of them create an environment where, uh, you have to, the, the decks have too, too much access to getting rid of early creatures. Um, but for example, like, uh, ro- uh, rolling earthquake is a card that I include because it actually gets flyers, which is something that, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the other cards do. So it does something extra. It goes to the face and it gets flyers. Um, you know, the, the wildfires do something extra. I, I personally don't play pyroclasm. I haven't either in a while. Like I've been kind of meh on it. It's, it, it feels like you right. said kind of cyborg-y. And it's just like, all right. Like yeah. to me, I would rather, yeah. like I could play rolling earthquake because you know, at some point I might be at a high, I might be at a higher life total than my opponent and their life total might be less than the amount of mana I have available. And I might just be able to kill them with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, I like the ones that have the cards like that that have some extra functionality to them. So. Yeah. And whereas Pyroclasm, I mean, it's it's efficient yes. at what it does, but it's just so like well, it, it's like, specifically right. in there to get one type, right? One type of deck, like it, it's it's there to get the aggressive decks. And mm-hmm. while I guess there are other cards that are used to quote unquote get the control decks or get the mid range decks, I don't feel like those are as big of transgressions as something like Pyroclasm is to the aggressive decks. Yeah. And usually fine anyway in their own regards, I think. So, you know, maybe if Pyroclasm did two to the face too, maybe I would do it because then maybe you can get a planeswalker out of it. Like be able to redirect. Yeah. Got a planeswalker yeah. or something like that, but they, they tried that. What was that? Comet That'd Storm? Was that the one that got both? No, not Comet Storm. What was the one that came after that? Comet Storm was the one from oh. Zendikar Block. There was the other one that hit creatures and planeswalkers, right? Yeah. Oh, that's Magma right. Quake? And then oh, I was yeah. like, oh, this card yeah, might be yeah. really cool. And then I played with it. I'm just like, no, this card doesn't really do anything. Because yeah, yeah, once again, know. each creature without flying. And each planeswalker. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was like, like eh. <laughs> so shrug. All right. Uh, next question. Um, we have a, a two from at Human Fighter um, looking for some top X lists. Uh, he wanted to know the top twenty-five burn spells and the best ten uh, two-power guys for one mana in red. Actually, before we do, and sure. I guess it kind of ties in with this point, something about balancing rats is, and I wrote an article way long ago, I think, I forget how many years ago, you know, before I wrote for Star City or Quiet Speculation or anything, just noting that you need a certain number of aggressive cards to really support aggressive decks. And, and granted, that number can be kind of hard to grok sometimes, but it's definitely where, you know, if you put in, like, 20 overly simplistic but if you if your red section is 25 jackal pups and 25 dragons the dragon decks are only need one or mm. two dragons where the jackal pup decks will need like however many like 10 or something or six or something you know some mm. significantly higher amount so in order to make sure those decks are adequately supported it's just doing that kind of same thing with aggressive cards and non-aggressive cards and essentially pyroclasms sure. and wraths 
are essentially aggressive, I mean, non-aggressive cards. Even ones that could dome an opponent, but not really, like Slagstorm, are still right. non-aggressive cards. Because, like, if you're using that in your aggressive deck, well, something went wrong. Right, right, went right. Very wrong. Be, you know, any, any, almost any card's better at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so no, no, my no, no. apologies that's, for that. I mean, it, it all ties in, right, because that's the, the link between that question and this question. Uh, top 25 burn spells, that's an awfully big order. Uh, yeah, I don't, but I don't know if I, we I think can do we 25 can, I think burn, we could probably burn spells. come up with uh, 10 uh, red one-drops that have two power. Yeah, well, let's come Are up with 10? the top 10, right? I don't know if there are 10... Like ten, right, let's, like let's or even like ten. Like okay, so goblin guide. All right, all right. Yeah, your turn. All right, uh, Jack. Uh, fire. fire I'm, I'm typing it in. I'm writing. Fire I'm writing. Drinker, um, Seder. Yep, Seder. Yeah, I already have that goblin one. Goblin guide. Jack. Your turn. Uh, uh oh. Yeah, what am I supposed goblin, to goblin patrol, patrol right? or something. That, that has to be one of them, right? Echo pup. All right, let's see. Yeah. Um, I am going to submit uh, Tattermunge Maniac. Oh, there you go. I've been trying that a little bit in my yeah. cube. I've been I've been liking it. The drawbacks, yeah, it turns out, doesn't deal. matter. Uh oh. So what am I supposed to do now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rockus Keckler. That's not that hard. It feels like <laughs> difficult. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Five. No, so we got five, and we're already resorting to what's, what's six. Oh, goblin. Yeah, goblin guide. Duh. Okay, so there's six. All right. So um, let's see. Like, cause there are a couple of now there are a couple of cards that kind of function this way, even though they aren't specifically like the cards for me that come to mind are uh, Kurt Ape. That's a uh, yeah, Kurt Ape. That's a multiple two power thing. That's a two X for X, right? On it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that works. it's quote-unquote red-green because you need the green, but I, I certainly think it makes the top ten of uh, red one-drops with the one power. Yeah. Should we say... Mon- mon- I always pronounce it monastery. Monastery? That's completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, monastery. I, I mean, oh, I know well, how we, it's actually we can, pronounced. We can put that in the honorable man, like, I... to be determined, right? Yeah. It's it's close. It's you know, it's not necessarily a a two. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Um, I'm trying to saying I'm trying to avoid yeah, uh, yeah. goblin cadets. <laughs> oh yeah. Let's see, what other two power red one drops do we have? Um, like I feel like uh, uh, what's his name is kind of close. Like figure of destiny. He's kind of like a. Uh, but even though he doesn't technically mm-hmm. have two power, but he very seldom, very seldom attacks for one. It's, it's, yeah, I was about to say it attacks for two. Um, same thing with, uh, I'm trying to think of other, so what's he, uh, a Stromkirk Noble, but like, he's only a one power to start. Yeah, it, it usually gets attacked for two. Well, he'll attack for one first, and then <laughs> it's busy after that. Oh yeah. Yeah, then it then it gets bigger. So we can say right, we can say right. strong Kirk Noble, that's fine. Um well, uh, we always have Goblin hmm. Patrol in our pocket. We, oh, no, no, I mean, I we already used Goblin, uh, Goblin Patrol. And, uh, cadets. We cadets? always have that in the in the back pocket if we oh. need it. Uh 
<laughs> would would you rather play Spark Elemental than Goblin Patrol? Huh. I felt uh, for some time I used to play Goblin, Goblin Patrol, Patrol. Goblin but it was mainly Patrol. out of. I keep saying the Spark. Oh, go- oh, Goblin but Goblin Condense or Spark or... Elemental. Because you know, Jeez. both uh, more than one power for one mana. I uh, I guess cadets, maybe, May- maybe like you can manufacture states where it doesn't just go away, right? Sure. I mean, you just kill their creature, right? If they don't, I have, mean, this is I mean, if they don't have a one drop or a two drop, then you're just like, okay, well, I'll just attack you or get things out of the way. Yeah. I don't, I've never actually played it in cube. It, I've always seen it in moto cube and never seen anybody actually. So I've, I have no idea, honestly. Huh. Well, we came up with nine. We had, I mean, Grant, uh, yeah, but, and, oh, what about, uh, what about Vex, what, what about Vexing Devil? Does that count? It's a four three, but they'll never let like, you cast it on turn four one. Four three. All the time. Until, until they can just deal with it. Yeah. And then you get a four three. Then they just kill it. Yeah, and it's like, uh oh. It's like the opponent is like four, you know, is is like Golgari and has like three mana open, and you cast it, and you're like, okay. Lava Mancer like, does okay, that resolves for a one drop, right? Right? Huh? Huh? Yeah, that that works. I, I think if we do Lava Mancer, Lava Mancer. Group Destiny should probably be the first one. Yeah, we got close. Yeah. We got eight yeah. plus. Without having mentioned real embarrassing ones, I'd be curious if there's like one we very obviously missed, and we're gonna have forehead slap about it. Yeah. Afterwards, as people are <laughs> home screaming right now, what it is? No, it's this card. So, one of these one of these days in in cons, I want there to be like a a jackal pup with morph in red or any of the colors, any of the Mardu colors, just like a. Two, uh, uh, red mana for 2-1 with some drawback that doesn't matter, and then it morphs for, who cares, for mana. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> some unmorph ability that's like, spend 7 mana, and then you uh, get to destroy a land, and they take 3 damage or something. <laughs> something oh stupid God. that doesn't even matter. Ooh, or it turns into a dragon. dragon. I like turn into a dragon. There you go. That'd be interesting. That could be interesting. Yeah, it could be form of the dragon. I was thinking just put like some plus one plus one counters on it and make it. Fly oh, right, or so something. actually, like metamorphoses into a dragon. It's like a beautiful butterfly, yeah. only breathing fire. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Or yeah, it gets yeah, fire yeah. breathing or something. I don't okay. know. Cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. But, I don't know, burn spells, like, what do you, what do you like? I don't know if we're gonna do 25 burn spells, cause that's, that's a lot, but, what do you, what do you, what do you think are the better okay, burn uh, spells? If your name begins with Searing. Yes, yeah, I, I, I like Searing Blood. Blood a lot. Uh, obviously, Lightning Bolt. Um, Lightning Bolt. What's that? Okay. You, it's kinda close Sorry to the mic, yeah, it kinda sounds a little distorting. Cat attacked here. Uh-oh, so, help. <laughs> Blistering Firecat, uh, uh-oh. What else? Uh, I, in Cube, I have liked Arc Trail in Cube much more than I ever liked it in Constructed. Arc Trail is just a giant yeah. 
beating all the time. Like, it's like, it's pretty sweet. I, I think I would like it even if it dealt two damage to a creature and then one damage to the opponent's face. But, but even, you know, you can just plague win somebody if they're on, you know, just mono small dudes. It's, yeah, I've, I've definitely been a fan of Arc Trail. Yeah, and then you get to, every once in a while you just do something like, I recently had an opponent that went turn one elf, turn two, uh, what's his name? Rafelos. And it's like, (laughs) well, this is awkward. The fun thing is when they keep the hand reliant on those cards, like, man, look at this. I've got this Avenger of Zendikar, which I can get out on turn four. Isn't that so cool? Oh, yeah, also, uh like when they keep the two land signet hand and you're like, uh, well, I'm gonna play this here, Frixian Revoker. What should I name? What should I name? Hmm, how about the Mere Signet? Mm-hmm. Yep, and they're like, uh oh. They're like, yo. <laughs> like, You're like, yas? Yep. Uh, alright, so, so those are, you know, I think our, our, those are certainly up on the top tier. Um, also, I mean, all the, there's, there's a bevy of two mana, three damage spells, right? So we have, Searing Spear, yeah, Searing Spear, um, Lightning Strike. Those are, you know, those are that next yeah. tier, I think. Us. I wonder how long those are going to last in Cube, though, because I, I, I do like them. I just wonder Get how long it's going to take for them to. Well, the yeah. sorcery speed ones have gotten outclassed, right? Yeah, like I'm actually looking through my common cube and I just flipped by fire yep. ambush and volcanic yeah. hammer coincidentally. Those but yeah, those have been out. kind of That's right. pushed out uh, the wayside. I like stagger shock a lot. Stagger shock's quite good. Yes. So much damage. It's just like, all right. Especially if the opponent has like a two drop in their hand, they're like, do I want to cast this? Right. Into that like thing? The, <laughs> like, the, no. the, the pseudo time walk for any small dudes or whatever, you know, it's like, well, I guess. Uh, I, I like, uh, what's his name yeah, a lot as well? Um, Arc, Lightning, and Flames of the Firebrand. Yeah. I like I those. those been okay. Once again, they're, I think they're a, a step below. Uh, Fire Blast is certainly up on the list. Uh, oh, that's a sweet one. I went, for a little while I tried taking it out of my cube just to try to ver- diversify things a little bit. And sometimes I tend to do that in my cube. I just try taking stuff out to mm-hmm. try stuff out. And like when I do a cube update, people some may think that it's more of a permanent change. It's like, do you not think this is good anymore? I'm like, yeah, no, I'm just right. trying new oh, stuff out. Chain lightning, obviously. What do you think of uh Riftbolt? Oh yeah, chain chain lightnings, of course. Riftbolt's Pretty a absurd. fine card. What do you think of Riftbolt? It's it's certainly in the yeah. in the tier two, I think. Uh you know, underneath the the searing card, the bolts, uh the inc- the incinerates, the chain lightning and things like that. But I think it's pretty good. Um, I think I like Firebolt more than I like that card. Me too. Firebolt is quite quite a good card, especially with like young pyromancer, well, you know, et cetera. You just need that spell late, right? It's just like added value, right? That's what we talked about earlier. It's just this added value, not necessarily card advantage in a traditional sense, but we get to use a card twice instead of once. Uh, I have really been liking mm-hmm. Stoke the Flames. Cards really yeah. good. That card's for good. Sure. I've, I think it was, I think it was one of those things where I think there was some, I forget what I thought of it at first, but I then, what I thought of it on the podcast, and then I was like, you know, I'm gonna try this card out, and it was very impressed with it, and then got a foil for, instead of $15, I got it for $2, which I was happy nice. with. 
Yeah, it was a, it was, I was it's, quite happy about that. But yeah, Stoke, Stoke is quite a good, good one. Very good at what it does. Yeah. Um, I really like Blast from the Past. Yeah, I think if I'm going to put an uncard in my cube, like that's the one. I remember there was a cube draft I used to do. Mm-hmm. It had like a buy-in. And I took Blast from the Past. I always forced five color because, you know, it was very, mm-hmm. you know, it was very dragony. And I just took Blast from the Past. I'm like, all right, I don't think, I got it later than I felt I should. And I was like, all right, time to nice. teach some people how to play Blast from the Past. And I was like, all right, Cycle of Madness. Right. <laughs> Buyback. And they were like, what? I was like, so you take two, I draw a card, and right. this comes back. And like, uh, I was like, yeah, it, it works. Judge, judge. It worked. And I was like, all right, next turn. Right, right. We're going to do this. Do it much. again. All right. Let me think. Um, yeah. there's another one. Uh, why can't I think of it? Uh, oh, uh, the, the upgraded shock, uh, burst lightning. Yeah. The burst, burst lightning. Burst lightning. <laughs> burst lightning gonna the world on fire. Burst lightning. Burst lightning. We're gonna kick you in the I forget. I forget. <laughs> I forget which episode that was, but I remember whenever I see burst lightning now, I think of that and I'm like, uh, like, feel free to chime in here if you can come up with any more. Uh, I'm, I'm just looking through my common cube looking for stuff. Bonfire of the damned. The weird thing is, I used to not like it, but when I was tracking my cube stats, it was one of the better performing red cards, and I was like, alright, so I guess I'll bring it back in, because I wanted to retry some of the um, Miracle cards again. There's this guy who I've been talking to, his okay. name is uh, David, I forget his last name, B- B-Y-E-R, I don't know how to pronounce it, but he's from like, Barba- yeah, Bayer, uh, okay, he's from cool. Barbados, which is pretty cool, and he was like, hey, what, uh, what do you think of Bonfire? I'm like, alright, I guess I'll bring it back in. Because I was like, you know, why did I take it out? You know, again, it was one of those things I just wanted to try new stuff out. I'm like, you know, I should put that back in. And that card is pretty sweet. I did get a recent Moto Cube draft where I unlocked the Scroll Rack Bonfire combo. <laughs> By the way, there's no car more card more infuriating than getting Miracle Bonfired. Miracle Terminus is yeah, pretty bad. That's, uh, getting Miracle Bonfired is such daggers. It's also my favorite like GIF of all time. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the Kibler one. Or yep. Kibler and, and just LSV. Like every, said, every time I watch it, I catch a new expression on somebody's face who's watching it. And it is just delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like when LSV's, like, giving the look. He's, like, giving the look. I showed my girlfriend that. I'm like, I, I feel like you've given me that look before. <laughs> She's like, I'm not that bad. I'm like, I know. I'm just giving you trouble. Uh, let's see. But, uh, what's, and, uh, yeah, because I think the opponent... I, I honestly don't know what I think of Devil's Play. Like, I, I think before when it Gotta came out, I was super though, thrilled right? with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's safely in the top 25. Because I think it's the best of the single tar expo. Yeah. Someday I'm hoping plus one burnt expo. You know, it's just clean cut, X, you know, X red, you know, whatever, pyromancers, Buffet, buffet, whatever makes, yeah, buffet. <laughs> Go, just got like ghost pepper. Oh, that's the new card, ghost pepper. The Naga Jolokia. deals x x plus one, where you know x is how much mana you spent. I I feel like I would 
play that card nice. pretty pretty heavily. If it was X plus one, yeah, that that card would be real dumb. I think. So. Uh, had no, a ghost I pepper, by the way. Taste my food and enjoy it. Uh, yeah, that, that I, won't uh, happen. I am uh, not a fan <laughs> of of, uh, of pain while eating. It's. I mean, I had a little sliver of it. It was. Um, it was painful. It hurt. I mean, I, I definitely so could, could take it. Could be like it, a ghost fire pepper. Yeah. There was definitely some color to it. From eating it. I, I definitely took three. That was some damage. Because <laughs> I mean, because I, I, I think we've. I mean, I, I, think I don't other... even know if we've named twenty yet. You know what I mean? I think we've we're in the fifteen range, uh, maybe. Do I count like perforos and uh, whatever vortex? I, do those yes. count? Yes. I mean, they. Yeah, I mean, they're technically. technically I guess they're cells that burn. Oh, Magma oh, Jet. Magma Jet. Yeah. Oh, so another question. I think I was talking when I was talking to David about, like, have you ever played Fire and Ice just for one of the sides? Yes. Just for Fire, just for Ice? Mm-hmm. I was thinking Absolutely. That. that sounds right. I was thinking, like, that sounds, that sounds like good. Good. Th- that sounds like good. That makes a lot of sense. Way to go, grammar. There's a uh, acidic soil, which I had in my cube for a little bit. And it kind of made its way out, but it was it was more just like numbers. Yes. You know, acidic soil. It's a. I mean, it's an. I guess I'll just read it for the podcast. So two and a red sorcery. Acidic soil deals one damage to each player for each land he or she controls. So versus like the green ramp deck, that's pretty absurd. I mean, it deals damage to you, but you know, right. wall drawback. Who cares? But like dealing six is interesting. Granted, do you want to talk about that? Like. D- damage spells that just hit the opponent versus like more flexible stuff. Okay. Well, and me, how that's in sometimes. What cubes yeah. are playing uh, bump in the night or playing lava spike? Um, zero. Well, I'm I playing bump okay. in the night. In my box. traditional rare cubes. Oh, oh I know. Right. I'm just, I'm so, just being like, silly. I mean, it means, it means a lot. I mean, the damage to an opponent has to be huge. I mean, even if, you know, let's look at a Flame Rift. I mean, Flame Rift is, and, uh, Council, the, what's the black one? The, well, the Tyrant's Choice, right? The Tyrant's Those Choice. are two mana for four damage. And none of them, they don't see play. Yeah, just, I mean, the rate's absurd, but it's right, just... Right, so it's just like, like, you have to be able to, and the problem eh. is, too, is that those kinds of cards limit yourself to only the aggressive decks, where mid-range control decks, board control decks, any kind of deck would take a lightning bolt. I mean, as seen as when they reprinted it in standard, yep. where literally every single deck played Lightning Bolt. So. Mm-hmm. I especially loved when they had Great Sable Stag, and they were like, oh, fairies, you're in danger now. Oh, well, yeah, and I'm just going like, to play well, these Grixis lands, too, and all these, because the mana is ridiculous right now. We're just going to splash red and kill that guy. And Nice try. N- nice try. Yep. Yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> Imagine if Sable Stag oh, yeah, had four toughness. It was like a 3-4. Yeah. Fork yeah, bolt. Yeah. Fork bolt's okay. Have you seen the, have you seen, did you see the, the picture on no. Moto photos with fork bolt? So, uh, somebody's watching a replay. I actually had this happen too. So, okay. there's a replay of some, a fork bolt being cast. And I guess it, okay. it's either on the stack or it resolved. And the opponent took, uh, about, oh, awesome. 500 damage. And it was in the, it only happened in that, the replay. It didn't good. happen in the actual game. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty broken. I actually had that happen too when I was um, mm-hmm. using a replay for a video, 
I, my opponent was like a blue red deck and I cast, uh, Vidalcan Shackles and he remanded. I'm like, okay, I'm at three. And then the opponent casts, I go for Shackles again. And then I'm only, only holding one mana open with one card in hand. It's not a counterspell. The opponent goes for Electrolyze. And in the gameplay, I go to one damage because that's what happens. You know, three minus two equals one. In the replay, I take 538 <laughs> damage and the game ends. <laughs> and I'm like, and I was like, what? That can't be right. Let's play this again. All right. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Uh, 538 damage. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be taking I this much damage. I should going this way. Yeah. I thought I cast upheaval with Thrag Tusk and, and that's what I that's what happened in the game. I cast Thrag Tusk and then Upheaval and the opponent got back a cough that was under an O ring, but I had enough mana to just cast Coalition Relic and recast nice. O ring and then get it. And then the opponent conceded. I was like, Well, I guess I can see now. That's what actually happened. Not me taking right, five hundred and thirty eight right. damage from <laughs> What do you think is workable though in cube? I don't, I've been kind of. I, I felt like so right, often so, it just so dealt often too. It's just sorcery speed shock, right? But that's the that's why Arc Trail was so yeah. good is because you yeah. you know you'll get a two or you'll get a one plus some extra to the face or you'll just get both. You get get your, you yeah, get a you get, a, one get a nice little so, package. But I, I certainly think it could be top twenty five. Yeah, one card I really want to like, but it isn't. And I don't know why I'm mentioning it in this top 25 burn spells, but I guess we're just listing everything. <laughs> it's a oh, violent eruption. The one triple red instant yeah, deal four damage in, divided. Uh, in that construction format, the one with madness, right? Yeah, yeah because if you madness cost it, yeah, it's absurd. has madness one. Yeah. I always feel like I want to try it in cube. You know, just want to try it again. It's like, well, if you cast it, that's pretty absurd because sure. probably killing at least two things. Or just going upstairs, but I don't it's know. It's a little bit limiting because of the triple red, things. right? Oh, speaking of triple red, can I yeah. offer a flame javelin? Ah, flame javelin. Yeah, that's a that's a solid one. I, I like it. You know, one of its modes is it's a nice, uh, not uh, non uh, convoking. What's his name? Right, Stoke. Stoke. <laughs> so yeah, and if Stoke is good, then that card's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess we gotta, oh, can, oh, can I offer another one that, that I'm gonna, uh, talk about yeah. later? How about Shrine yeah, of Burning Rage? That's I mean, a that's good a, one. That's, that's a, a, that's a, a really good spell, one. Right? That's I one mean, of my favorites. Card does. Kinda. Yeah. I, I think it's, 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 it's partially take... a burn spell for this list and partially an honorary, and it's an honorary red card too for honorary list. Yeah, it's definitely, Deals so much. I've definitely seen it deal a ton of damage in games. Like sometimes it's a bad top deck, yeah, like but lands. so what? So are lots of things. Yeah, lands. Like you ever gotten a smokestack oh, yeah. when it doesn't do anything? Like that's or like, all right, it's turn ten. I'm gonna draw this smokestack. All right, it's done doing nothing. Sweet. I'm happy with my life. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't do anything. But yeah, I I I really am a fan of of uh, what's that? The burning shrine of burning rage. The shrine yeah, of burning sure. rage. The angry, uh, um, what magma jet mm-hmm. with the scry action? That's that's definitely. I would place that pretty oh, yeah. top no, tier. No, for sure. We just, with, like, just didn't name magma jet. 
Oh, yeah, I'm just, I mean, I just saw it on my desk. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it's hey, a good card. I'm still a, playing it. That's a good card. It's sweet. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, scry, ooh, the Scry a, is super relevant. Can I name one? How about yeah, Boros Charm? No, how dare you. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, because that one deals four to the head, but you can also Correct. do other stuff with it, which is cool. Including make your own stuff indestructible when you catch that's burning right. of Xinyi. Or when I like that. Cast I like that. <laughs> Which is even better. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, here's this board state. You're gonna die. All your stuff is dead. It's like, nope, sorry. All your stuff is dead. Alright, I think we Thanks for playing. We enough. Yeah, there's a lot of good burn spells. I think, yeah, I think that's a lot of good stuff. Can I say that Lava Axe that's, does that's not right make the list? You. No, it is unfortunate. I wish there was a good cube-worthy lava axe, well, but I don't know what the, the rate would uh, have to be. The like, one, right? The uh, morbid one. Yeah, yeah. yeah the that uh, might be on the edge of top twenty-five, right? Yeah, we're gonna have to actually yeah. go through and like listen to go That's back and listen to the list and actually keep track of how many we've actually named, and then maybe fo- maybe follow Probably up with we'll the like twelve or something. The last few might be. All right, cool. Yeah. Let's uh, let's keep going. Let's see what other questions we have here. So, do, I mean, Human Fighter also said about LD and Wildfire, and then Red Card Advantage. I I really awkwardly. Well, we already, uh, yeah, yeah, we talked <laughs> about this. That's what that I down. figured uh, our our general discussion would probably uh, curtail into some of these questions for sure. Okay, that works. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, what, what I'm assuming is a very sarcastic question. Has sulfuric vortex <laughs> fallen off? Yeah. In a word, no. Uh, it's no. not very interesting. The funny thing was, so the LS... certainly very powerful. Yeah. Like, LSV was doing a stream mm. with uh, Chian, and he was talking about... So somebody in the stream asked, how would you rate the following? Uh, Jace, Opposition, and Vortex. And surprisingly, because, you know, he has the... The mm-hmm. love of the mono red deck. And so he was like, I think opposition's better, you know, just because of what the decks can do if you build, you know, those decks are pretty unfair if you can build an opposition deck. I was quite surprised. I was like, huh, that is weird. That is weird. Yeah, from LSE, I was like, huh, that's interesting. But yeah, the car, uh, uh, Vortex yeah, is still absurd. Dumb. It is uh, still the Bruce Dickinson and not the Blaze's. Blaze Bailey or whatever. <laughs> no idea what that is. He was a uh, Blaze, whatever Blaze Bailey or whoever was like the Iron Maiden singer who took over after Bruce Dickinson, the guy who gotcha. was in Maiden for forever left. And he's so, he's quite is, the downgrade. So, the so for those of us who aren't super into metal but can appreciate rock music, you're saying he is the Sammy Hagar to David Lee Roth. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. The the Van Hagar. <laughs> now I wonder if anybody oh, you know, under Hagar. the age of 25 who's listening is like, oh, what are they going to mention? People I actually know. That's like, sorry. It's like, you know, when that one singer of One Direction did another thing? No. No. A bunch of my students <laughs> are going no to the One Direction concert tonight. Yeah. Oh, boy. I'm like, you're like, all right. Is that a band? 
They're like, you know what it is. I'm like, yeah, unfortunately I do. So, nice. All right, uh, next question. Haste or fires archetypes? It's true. Um, and I think that's... Oh, it's from Mr. Doctor, uh, it's from Mr. Dr. Magnet. Oh, right, Mr. Murder, Murder Magnet? Mr. Dr. Magnet? I'm not sure which one that is. I'm somebody asking though, Mr. Huh? Doctor, Dr. Magnet. Right, Mr. I kind of like the idea of Murder Magnet, though. <laughs> It kind of reminds me of like you know some sort of like cheesy Wolverine storyline. I was thinking like some 1950s villain or something. Uh, I was just thinking, well, because you know, like maybe a magnet would kill him. You know, like Magneto did, pulled oh. all the adamantium out of his body or whatever. Oh yeah. But it only didn't kill him because he's got a healing whatever that thing is called. Yeah, healing, healing factor. Powers, so yeah. I think it was called healing. I remember reading it in like the 80s called healing factor or something. Anyway, murder magnet. All right, or like a big like. Uh, Corny fifties sci-fi movie robot, yeah, called Murder Magnet. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> with like a complete with uh, what's his name, uh, Theremin. <laughs> I, I told you about the cat. One of our two cats, and like the one when they were like when we got the new cat, mm-hmm. and she was like growling at. Our older cat, you know, the cat who had been there, she was making like theremin. I was like, what the hell? What, like, what's she doing? It's like, you know, like a, <laughs> I was like, what is Probably, like the theremin? End theremin noises. Or I was like, is she making like theremin noise? Like, <laughs> which is strange. I, I, I showed you that video too of the cat playing theremin, right? Yeah, that's like, okay. that's the greatest thing ever. So haste. Uh, so hey, well, basically, I mean, we kind of talked about that, right? I mean, that's uh, a big portion of Red's identity is the, Gets to attack, the turn it comes into play, but often with a drawback. Most of the time, uh, dying at the end of turn, or Goblin Guide possibly drawing them more cards. You know, I, you know, the Ball Lightning is a classic example, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's kind of strange that a very lot fragile, of, but does a lot. When you think of it, a lot of those creatures are essentially burn spells at their at their yeah. roots, like you know, Ball Lightning, even stuff like Kelda Marauders. It's kind of strange, like. Those seem like the best iteration of Punisher cards, aside from, like, sacrifice things. Because, say, you attack with a ball lightning, and they have a creature out. They have to decide, well, do I want to block with my 3-3 or take 6? In a way, it's kind of a pun. It's, I mean, you know, it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I mean, I think Punisher is definitely something that I think... Not that we've ever specifically... It's never actually been officially called that, I don't think. But I, I think we should certainly reserve that terminology for things that give you a choice. Is I mean, this going to happen, or is this going to happen? And all stated on the card, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I think those cards do, though. I think they do act in that way. Yeah, well, often. certainly, but but then again, isn't every magic card kind of that way? Not really. Like, he sorts a posture as a creature. They can't do much about it. Like, all right. right, but every time someone attacks with a creature, it's you have to make a choice. Do I want to block it? Or do I want to let it through? Yeah, do I, but, I mean, want you to have take to, this yep. damage, or do I want to give up this creature? Or do I want to expose this creature to possibly it getting killed by a, another spell or a trick? I mean, I, I feel like it's just decision making. I think with those, though, you have to at least wait a turn. Like with the haste guys, or like they do it for a turn, but their impact is to force a decision. Like Kelda Marauders, it's all right. I attack. You have to block or take whatever, and then it goes away. Like with a gray ogre or something, or like a. So you're saying basically, mainly with the, uh, 
But uh, okay, but so here's the thing. So then, would you consider because uh, what's his name with the Vexing Devil? It to me is more of a Punisher card than Ball Lightning. Yeah, I mean, I think in ways they both. I mean, I would definitely consider it more of one, but I don't think Ball Lightning still is somewhat of one. If you think of it in terms of like forcing the opponent to have a decision. And granted, a lot of Punisher cards aren't very good, but I think a lot of them are because they just aren't really good at what they do. Aside from, like, Edicts and Liliana and things. Which is weird, which is funny, because Liliana, literally every card on her, for, you know, every option forces a choice from the opponent. Mm-hmm. Which I assume is flavor, because of cracking the Hell Vault or whatever. Sure. You know, and entering a contract or whatever, and making a choice of damnations. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Well, I think she. I think the the idea is like she forced Thalia to make a decision to. It was something with a hell vault. I think was like. Oh, uh, you know way more than I do. You've already uh, yeah. delved way more into the storyline than I actually know. I forget why. I, I'll Google this real quick, but I think I, I know Brothers War stuff. I know like Urza Mishra. Yeah. Stuff. And, and I kind of like those books. I thought those were interesting, too. I just thought that was interesting flavor. Uh, let's see. Liliana. Because I know she gave uh, somebody a choice. Yeah, Liliana. I can hear the people now. Why are you guys talking about Liliana? It's supposed to be the red episode, not the black episode. That's too bad. <laughs> what do they hear about this or cats? It's supposed to be the red episode, not the cat episode. Oh. But every, then again, isn't every episode. Every episode, episode. Like, every episode is a cat episode. Right, this one's got blistering fire cat. That is true. See, it's apt. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see if I can find this. So, I, I think I'm too lazy to, like, Google it, Google it, but... Because Googling is hard? Well, just trying to find the exact thing, but essentially... I'm sorry, why don't you, or why don't you keep poking at it during the course of the podcast? Oh, yeah, as, I could As that. we finish, and then, you know, in the times when I'm soapboxing or whatever, and you could look it up and do some extra work, and we can move on to the next question. Because at this point, I want to know the actual answer. Yeah. So don't disappoint. Oh, I already, I, I already found it. Okay, see that? I soapboxed, and you found it. There you I go. Did. Liliana Vest, who had made a demonic pact with Drizzlebrand, sought to destroy him, and thus was the cause of the Hell Vault's destruction. You know, Hell Vault is where all the angels right, 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 are. Sure. She proposed a threat to Thalia, the Hell Vault's guardian. Either she'd destroy the rock or have her men slaughtered. With the Hell Vault destroyed, both Avacyn and the demons were unleashed back into the world. The HUD fragments of the Hell Vault were collected, the raw silver ore was distributed amongst the most distinguished lunar smiths, the family of a family of swords or fortune metal. So essentially that was the choice of gotcha. either your people all die or open the hell vault. Right. And I think that's supposed to be like the, the flavor with you have to sack, you choose a card to discard, you right. choose a creature to die, you choose which half I let you keep kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's all really flavorful and it's actually a very good card too, which I think is really cool. nice on all levels. So yeah, kudos to that and and red. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, next question. Oh, we didn't talk about red and haste. Like fires, I guess we could talk about like hammer and hammer of perforos and things. Like I never really felt there was necessarily need for a, like a straight up fires archetype. It usually just ends up being part of a mid range deck. 
Right. So the right the the fires deck winds up more being the mid range thing, right? Like old type uh, old school type two fires, right? Mm-hmm. Where you just have like these undercosted things that just gain a huge amount of that. These overcosted things that have a, an expiration date on them, uh, you know, uh, Blastoderm, um, was Ancient Hydra Sapl- in there? Sapling burst, yeah, Sapling uh, yeah, you burst. could you could Ancient Hydra, because um, I mean a, a five power attacker is pretty good or whatever, but it, it didn't see play as much as you know the, the the typical turn sequence was you know fires into Blastoderm into. Uh, into Sapling Burst. Burst, yeah. Um, Birds. But all, but all of those things have a, uh, a finite timeline. And by taking, uh, basically, essentially adding a turn to the timeline, the cards become significantly more powerful. Yeah. So, um, so as far as cube goes, the red cards themselves don't really, you know, uh, a lot of the, you know, the as far as the haste part of it goes, we said earlier, you know, often come with the, okay, but it's going to die afterwards. Like Skizik is maybe one of the rare exceptions where yeah. you can kick it to keep it around. Well, there's um, like uh, Thunder Maw. And like the sure, sure. And that's the top, very top end, you know, yeah. or Brask, I guess, Yeah. Uh, of these fives that have haste. Which is unfortunate. Uh, so many of them are at an awkward mana cost for red, like four and five. Right. Like, well, you don't need that many in a deck. Probably just. Sure. And I guess there are fours, you know, when you talk about a uh, hero of Oxid Ridge and uh, Hell Rider. Yeah, but most of them are just for attacking decks as opposed to mid range. Like Hell Rider, Hero. I mean, they're more curve toppers than like a mid rangey kind of thread thing. Sure, sure. Yeah. So it's Where, kind like, of. The Fires thing is, is a little more. A little more of a mid range thing. And the, the problem is, is just that. I, I'm sure it's based on fire, but the card fires the Yavimaya itself is just not good enough anymore. Like it hasn't been good, and it's just kind of been outclassed in red green for a long time. Yeah, uh, hammer is not bad. Like it's alright. Yeah, no, hammer is certainly decent, and I, it's certainly not embarrassing. Like I, if I saw that in someone's group, I'd be like, yeah, okay, cool. I mean, time to. I, if anything, I'd almost wonder if you go if you go hammer. And you go with more permanent, you know, hammer plus perforos plus things like that. Mm-hmm. I wonder then if how good something like, uh, what's his name becomes, uh, Fanatic of, uh, Mogis. Oh, Fanatic Mogis, yeah. Because yeah. that guy, if that, if that guy's a 4-2 haste that deals at least three damage or more when it comes into play to their face, that card's, that card's pretty good. Yeah, you're there. Somebody's getting hit. So, you know, you know, if you even consider just a, a play line, like, turn two, you know, double red guy, turn three hammer, turn three fanatic, mm-hmm. like, that's, I mean, that's five damage plus four attacking, like, on the same turn for your four mana, which is pretty good. Yeah. Have so, you had much of a chance to play with, uh, what's that card? Tempt with Vengeance? No, I really haven't had a chance to play with it at all yet, but I really want to because of Perforos. Yeah, I it mean, it seems like just a giant beating if they don't have counterspell. Yeah, I think even outside of that combo, I've been pretty happy with it. It just says, "All right, tap five mana, four dudes with haste," and of course, the the doubling thing almost always is they don't do it, or they do it and then just block. And so it's just essentially for yolos or whatever, or just to chump block. Okay, so basically, so. So answer, uh, answer me this. Riddle me this. No, answer me this. Uh, basically, are the only time are they doubling you up is because you already have larger creatures that they want to block with the one ones. Usually, but I think most of the time when they double up, it's just for lulls or whatever. They're just like, 
like, I'll do it for four. It's like, I'll get four more, too, and then I'll block or whatever. Oh, so basically they do it just for S's and giggles? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. Like, the only times I think I've seen it backfire somewhat is when I had an opposition. But I still ended up just getting killed by all the dudes because uh, he cast it for eight. <laughs> and I can only tap down four things. Right. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, I, I think it's quite a solid card. It tends to see, be a little bit underplayed in cubes, but I don't know, I like it. It's a solid card. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have a copy, and, and I just I, I just can't remember ever seeing it in play. I don't know. Uh, maybe I didn't put it in? I thought I did. I thought when we talked about it in our review, I was like, yeah, I want to do this. And I think for sure, I, I, I think I, I queued it up for when I got the foil Perforos. So that way they can ah, go in together. Nice. And I don't know. I'll have to take a look and see why I haven't seen it. So. Okay. But yeah, that card. I mean, in my head, it sounds great. Yeah, it's, it's a nice one. I'm just trying to think of how much... It, when is the doubling up your tokens more than flavor text? It's not much, honestly. It doesn't... Re- I, don't, I haven't found it to matter too much, really. I mean, so it's really just a multiplayer mechanic that if someone's like, well, I would like some creatures. Yeah. Yeah, essentially, just like, hey, I want some dudes. All right, let's da- right. gang up on this guy. I get right. So let's turn this four guys into 12 and then attack for, like... Right, or they have an anthem or something, so they want two twos. Or... Yeah, and in that case, don't don't cast it, dummy. Well, yeah. if you're attacking the third person, then... Oh, oh, I thought you meant, like, in a 1v1 or something. Oh, no, no, yeah. no, no. And it's like, well, don't do not do that, please. But even then, it might, I mean, you might just get them. Yeah. Who knows? Oh, anyway. Uh, all right. So, uh, next question from Jordan's Cube is, how has your play experience been with, uh, Prophetic Flame Speaker, uh, and then something about non-aggro decks? In non-aggro decks? That's what I was actually thinking. I'm like, did he, was, I don't know if I shortcutted when I typed that. I think it was in non-aggro decks, but I goofed. Right, instead of it just being a three-drop in the aggro deck. Uh, well, the the card has definitely been seeing play uh, at least before this uh, Jeskai ascendancy seems to be taking over modern. <laughs> it was definitely seeing play in the Jund builds, yeah, uh, as just like a value card. You know, much like everything in the Jund decks is just like outvalue you, outvalue you. It's a it's a it's a better it's a better rock deck basically, where the rock deck just tried to like two for one you and value you a bunch, but often would have trouble closing. Uh, the Jund deck has better tools for closing while still trying to do the two-for-one, you two-for-one, you value, you, you know, types of things. Is it apt uh, that uh, Jund is the red-centered, uh, whatever, shard this episode? Ooh. Yeah, it's the, uh, so whatever, which is kind of strange. Like, when you think Jund, you th- I think green. Like, it feels almost green-centered. Hmm. I don't know, it doesn't feel red. I feel like Naya would be green-centered, yeah, I mean, and that's what it actually is. But. Okay, is it? Okay, I don't yeah. know. I mean, just in terms of how the deck plays out. I, I just think of how, like, when like when you play things, like, the Naya deck is going to have the large creatures, and I always associate large creatures with green. Yeah. But I I don't, I certainly don't associate value with red, which is what the deck has kind of turned into. Yeah, essentially it's all the two-for-ones, yeah. It's just like, all right, two-for-one, you two-for-one, you. So right. uh, I, I recently... Like, uh, What's his name? Bloodbraid Elf and Blightning and, mm-hmm. you know, and all those usual suspects all are just all these two-for-ones, and they don't... And, and I guess the common thread between those two cards is that they're both red. You know, red's typically the, you know, 
at what cost, you know? Yeah. Like you get a lot of power, but it's not going to last or whatever. Somebody or, yesterday uh, cast, he had a Naya Zudek. Okay. And he cast Bloodbraid Elf, and he had a bunch of creatures out. And I'm just like, watch this be like a Curse of Predation or something. Uh-oh. And the only thing, and he got a, he, all he got was a Deathrite Shaman. Just a Deathrite Shaman. <laughs> oh, that's all. <laughs> yep. I died. I died with the attack, yeah. I died before even Deathrite could do anything. I don't think it really mattered, but I was dead. I was like, yep. Nice. I'm done. And yeah, I, uh, I do like Flame Speaker just as a nice dude. Mm. But I mean, I just like it as just a, it's a nice attacking three drop, which it seems until recently has been kind of lacking. Well, right, just red threes are their weak spot, I think. Yeah, a lot of the threes, they seem like you would have, like, aggressive ones, aggressive twos, aggressive threes, and then, like, and, uh, squee. Or, like, and Manic Vandal. I mean, and Manic Vandal's fine, but just is, like, you know, the rest of the, the, the curve is just, like, Jackal Pup, Gorehouse Chainwalker, Hellrider, and it's, like, Manic Vandal, it's like, okay. It's like the, right, kind of, it's kind of like pumping the brakes on turn three a little bit. Yeah, it's like the... Uh, All Lightning or something or, like that. Yeah, I was about to say, it's, or it's like the, I don't know, the awkward guy or something, like, hey guys, <laughs> I'm Manic Vandal. <laughs> Granted, Manic Vandal's still good, but it's just, it just didn't feel quite, it, it wasn't the attacking three drop, and then all of a sudden we get Flame Speaker and then Rabble Master, it's like, okay. Right. Yeah, and here we go. Right, right, exactly, right back in the swing of it. Well, you know, that's uh, for a reason, for a while there, I actually cut uh, flame, uh, Fire Imp was not in my cube for a while. I had it in for a while, and then literally I would have to wind up bricking turn three at times because if I was against a control deck or something and they just didn't play a creature, I just had to, I didn't have, I would have, like, nothing to play on turn three. So, like, my hand would be, you know, uh, you know, you know, let's say an ideal hand. It's like three lands, and my hand is like one, two, three, four. I'd be like, you know, turn one, all right, good. Turn two, all right, good. And then, like, they just didn't play a creature, so I'm just like, attack you again. <laughs> yeah. And it, it basically happened one too many times. Yeah. So I, I wound up hitting the bench for a while until it got back in and then finally started to do some good work again. But it was just always like, bleh. It was like, like man. I know Flame Tonkavu, sir. Yeah. And you, you are no Flame Tonkavu. Yeah, it's a baby flame tonkavu, but I mean, it's, I think it's still okay. Like it's yeah, it's, it's oh the 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 cost and, and value differences. Oh, and I think that's part of my problem, or was part of my problem with it. I was just like, for one more man, and these numbers could both be four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but yeah, but once again, it's not really an aggressive three drop though. Not really, no. It's just it's a yet another value, dude. It's a it's a it's a value guy that hopefully clears out the way for your ones and twos. Yep. So, uh, but yeah, like I I don't know, I like him, and I'll, obviously he's awesome with pants. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So God forbid you have any sort of equipment. I mean, even a bone splitter turns this guy into a huge problem. Yeah. Because then you want to talk about decisions to be made. Mm-hmm. So. Like, and what do I do? Speaking of threes. Because I'm just, like, going through my popper cube, because I recently rebuilt it, and I've kind of been happy about It's like, hey, I just... And I also recently posted some crack packs from it. I don't know if you... Did you see those? I did. Okay. But, yeah, it's just like, I'm looking through that, and I just saw Fierce Empath. Remember that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can look for a six drop. And I was like... Right, right. Have you played much with Imperial Recruiter? 
I did for a while when I had it in my cube. Um, yeah. I had one in my cube for about six to nine months or so, and I just kind of hated it most of the time. It, like, it'd be I always way. wanted it to be aggressive, and it just never was. It, its body is kind of small. Although I, it's, I definitely like the fact that it's two power and not just a, t- a two drop or less. Mm-hmm. So you get like a Maloku or something. Right. So, I mean, there, there are certainly shenanigans to be had. But I felt that most of the time the card was best in non-red attacking decks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, well, that's fine because we certainly want some more cards that interact in, in other archetypes and make thereby making red more interesting in general by giving it a little bit of uh, a little bit of range as far as the things it can do. I, I just every time I cast it, I'd be like, eh, eh. just never seemed uh, never seemed to be exactly what I wanted. I guess. Yeah, so, I was kind of thinking kind of similarly. Also, you know, it spiked in price, and for a card that I didn't like, that I wasn't super thrilled with. The opportunity cost of let's keep this hundred and fifty, two hundred dollar card in my cube, or trade it and get a bunch of other stuff that I can and actually can and want to play with. It made it pretty easy. Yeah. So that was my experience with it. Yeah. But I mean, I think maybe I would like it more now. But at this point, I'm just never getting another one. Yeah. So. And I think it's kind of. And I think it's something, it's either one of our future questions or something like that where it's a question of how much support cards do you give to the non-aggressive red cards? Mm-hmm. Because the color is so focused on attacking because it just does it very, very well. And it's like, well, do I want to put this and Squee and Wildfires and Earthquake and all this other stuff? Like, do I have room for all this? Mm-hmm. The question is, I don't, I don't know, probably probably not. Like, At least the way it was in my cube was like, well, I can only really devote so many cards to red rat, you know, just like red non-aggressive. Same thing with like wraths, etc. Well, it's, like, the, it's, the, it's the aggro deck conundrum, right? Like in order to keep it functioning and keep going, you have to keep adding to it because all the other decks are going to get better against it by proxy, just as, as better cards come out, you know, as better mid-range control cards come out, and you have to keep pushing the aggro thing to make it work. Well, it works that way with red, too. Like, in order to keep things, in order to keep red attacking effectively, you have to keep adding cards that... That attack you know, well. That attack well instead of just doing other things. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess it's just a matter of... Uh, to your to your point earlier of not adding too many um, non aggressive red cards, I think you just have to keep that you have to keep that concentration up as the rest of the you know that's what obviously what red does best. So you have to keep you have to keep it doing what it does best. However, it might be at the expense of some cards like um, Imperial Recruiter, which neat don't really maybe there's not r- enough room to to put a card like that in. Oh, and maybe there is if you eliminate other things, right? So maybe if you take out, like, the uh, wildfire archetype. Yeah. Like maybe and you could include more value control things like more Jundi cards like uh, Imperial Recruiter. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of a weird thing with wildfires. I've kind of been in and out on that card. Like, it's always been kind of in and out in my cube. It's like, well, do I put it in? Sure. I am taking it out. 
at first I was kind of unimpressed with it. That's why I kind of took it out for a while. But like, it does feel like. Have you ever watched the show Good Eats? Yeah. With Alton Brown, you remember? Sure. Like his big soapbox in the show is like about multitaskers. Okay. About you know just like if you're gonna have a tool in your kitchen, you know the only multitasker you should have is a fire hydrant because you need a fire hydrant. But everything else should be able to do more than one thing. You know, it needs to have it because of, you know, limited space and just, you know, general sure. efficiency. And kind of felt like way with, you know, just like non-aggressive cards in Cube where I felt like it was a bit too one-dimensional for Wildfire. Even though I did like the card and actually when I retook it back out, I crushed everybody with like a 3-0 double Wildfire deck. Mm-hmm. It was just felt a little too narrow. Like it felt like I would rather have cards like Bonfire, which don't necessarily require the same setup, uh-huh. or like Earthquake kind of cards. Whereas you know Bonfire, I mean it's it's not difficult to do so, but you need a decent setup of mana rocks, things that survive Wildfire, and then of course Wildfire. So sure. in that way, I felt like I was like, well, I think I like the other cards which don't require as much setup, but. Mm-hmm. I definitely was happy with it, as is. It was just kind of a numbers game, which is essentially what Cube is really about, is numbers. Right, and the other thing, too, I think as you see better and better Planeswalkers, uh, a la Sorin, uh, not Sorin, uh, Sarkin, New Sarkin and things like that, I think you you get more cards that do multiple things that also happen to be very, very good in the Wildfire archetype as well. Yeah, and that was kind of an issue I had with, uh, like, I was going to put Stormbreath Dragon in, but then Sarkin happened, and I was like, okay, I guess... Right. It's like, hey, let's put Karanus in. Oh, wait. Yeah. Now we have Dak Vaden. All right. It is Dak plus Duplicate instead. Yeah, we just get Dak and then Duplicated. So. so that was definitely interesting in that in that way. All right, cool. What's our what's our next question? It's about kind of similar. I don't know if it's the same point. as supporting Sneak Attack, Reanimator, Wildfire, and Aggressive Dak. So I mean, it's kind of similar. I forget if I mentioned this earlier, but, you know, I wrote an article... Years, years ago, I feel, I think about four years ago at this point, which makes me feel old, um, about, you know, needing to put enough cards in aggressive decks because, like, aggressive decks are gonna need a, a good number of small dudes, whereas control decks just need essentially a few. Like, if you put, if you have ten creatures in your aggro deck, you know, ten creatures that are like your entire creature base, your aggro deck is probably terrible. Or at least it's it's not a good sign unless you're right. really leaning on the burn and you're a burn deck, but your deck is not going to be good. If like a mid range or a control deck has ten creatures, that's probably fine. And it might even in the control deck might even be too many. Too many. Yeah. But you know it's kind of the similar situation of just balancing you know what it needs at the early drops. And I think that is the main thing of just keeping you know supporting those decks and aggressive things as. And right, well, the control deck, right, the control deck relies on spells early, and then the creatures late. Mm-hmm. Whereas the aggressive decks rely on the creatures early, and then the spells late. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then the mid-range deck just kind of dances in between, that it's this balance of the two. Yeah. I like that point. That's a good point. So, but as far as sneak attack goes, you know, that's a card that I really wanted in my cube. Had it in there for a while, liked it, and then it just kept being a bit lackluster. 
uh, and, and I don't know if I had mentioned this earlier in the cast, I don't remember, but, you know, I, I wound up taking it out, um, I think, but now that I've had a chance to play with Eldrazi again, I think I kind of want to add those guys back in at some point, and I think were I to do that, then the sneak attack would go back in. Uh, as of right now, like, I don't want to sneak any of Red's creatures in. They already hey, all have haste already, right? Sneak or, attack a, uh. And, but I want them to stick around. I want them to, to attack multiple times, you yeah. know? Um, so it would definitely be as, that's, that's a definite off-color, off-color support card. Yeah. Uh, it would be, would be sneak attack. And I think until I get things like the aforementioned Grizzle brand, uh, and things like, uh, the Eldrazi, uh, if I ever decide to pick those up and, and get them in there, I think that's when I'll see the return of sneak attack, but likely not before. Yeah. Uh, especially when we get things like, uh, Sarkin and, you know, widely available second wildfire. Mm hmm. Things like that, so. Yeah, thanks to that. What's that set now? From the Vault Annihilation. Yep. Good old. Otherwise known as FTV Boom. <laughs> see, or From the Vault Wraths. Yeah, from the Vault Boom. I like that. So, all right, next question. Uh, I think we have a couple more, right? Yeah, a few more questions. Starting up a cube, mono red, or something else more diverse from who, who is less, who isles? Who is less? Who is less? Oh, see, I forgot. <laughs> not, not Holsies. Holsies. <laughs> Holsies is what I thought it was the first time. Which, by the way, Holsies sent me uh, who is less actually is a uh, a pretty good uh, proxier as well. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, sent me a couple of sweet proxies, so shout-outs to him for sure. That's true. Good old Holsies, a.k.a. <laughs> who is less. Holsies. Well, I keep, I keep looking at it. It's like when I look at Cranny's thing, I keep thinking of Kansas Tube. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I saw KS Tube. I'm like, mm-hmm. Kansas Tube? I'm like, Kansas he's like, oh, no, it's K- K-Stube, like Cran's Tube. I'm like... Ah, got it. Yep. You got it, Kansas Tube. Kansas Tube. <laughs> or just like the first time I heard, uh, for a long time, I thought uh, Rob Zombie, more human than human. Mm-hmm. I thought the first time I heard it, he was singing A Human Vacuum Man. <laughs> what? A Human Vacuum Man. A Human Vacuum. Wow. Yeah, we'll never hear that song the same. You, wow. You, they'll listen to it after the podcast is over, and you're going you're gonna to shake your fist at me so, across the country. So what, what, how did you mentally pronounce my name when you first saw it? Oh, Usman Jamil. Yeah, lies. Not, not us man. <laughs> not, us, not U.S. man. Uh, not, not right, United States man. Not U.S. <laughs> such, <laughs> such a shenanigans. I, I, don't know, I, yeah, I don't know why I didn't. You're right. That would make that would make logical sense with how I, apparently I've slotted others in my mind. But your name was just a name, right? Like it, I wasn't trying to find meaning in it. Right, yeah. so it's just a name, so I'm able to just read it for it being a name. The like Twitter handles, I'm always kind of like, or like license plates, mm-hmm. I'm always trying to like figure out what it's supposed to mean, like Mister Doctor or Murder, mm-hmm. yeah, Murder Magnet, Mister Doctor Magnet, Doctor Magnet. Yeah, uh, but I think so. when I first messaged you on Salvation, you had to have at least some kind of, hey, it's this guy, and I think I was just Usman on Salvation. I think it's I Usman. still am, yeah. Yeah, but you d- didn't think of it as like U.S. Man or whatever. Nope. nope. I really didn't. Wow. And I'm trying to think if it's because I knew someone else with that name. That would probably do it, yeah. Um, I, I can't say I had any friends with that name, but I think I had seen the name previously, and that's probably what kept the the strange 
assigning of meanings to names at bay. Okay. That works. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to disappoint you, United States man. I did not get the U.S. man. No. <laughs> nice. It's like a new kind of superhero. United States man. <laughs> it's like, hey guys. Hey. Cube. Right. <laughs> That's my superpower. Right. Superpower's ability to cube at a moment's notice. It's like, hey. I might be cube drafting after this podcast, actually. Ooh, might, be doing a, might be doing a popper cube draft, but it depends on how I feel. Like, the weird thing was, all throughout the day, I had a pretty bad headache. Mm-hmm. And then during the tail end of my work shift, I was like, you know, I'm starting to feel better. Maybe because I was excited about podcasting. I was like, all oh, right. Get the blood flowing again. Yep. Get those constricted blood vessels opened up. That's true. <laughs> Constriction. Constriction. So I don't know, like, mono-red versus diverse? I guess it's kind of the similar questions in terms of, you know, just... And I think that can be hard to tell somewhat when you're starting a cube. I think that's the thing with a lot, like starting a cube in general, is sometimes you'll have... You'll definitely tinker with it over the years. Like, if you think mm. you're just going to build a cube and then just update for sets... Yeah, not a chance. Yeah, no, sorry. It's like if you build... I mean, you do the same thing if you build a deck for FNM or whatever, standard... Right, constantly tinkering. Yeah, it's and, and granted, most of the people just tend to outsource to pros or whatever. Sure, sure, outsource to the internet even. Yeah, or and it's just like, all right, I'll do this. But I mean, most of the time, if you're like, say you're bringing a deck to an open, you're still tinkering with it, you're still playtesting, you're still getting oh, yeah. actual data. It's not like, and even still, like um, when R and D playtested uh, uh, Zendikar. Like, they knew it was an aggressive format, but they just didn't know how aggressive it was going to be. Like, they didn't think Goblin Shortcutter was going to be a super high pick. Right, the nut yeah. format. And as it turns out, it's, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. It's like, oh, okay. And Vampire Nighthawk was just, like, was just like, b- like better than pretty much everything. Right, was one of the cards in the format. Yeah, which is kind of weird when you think about it. But, again, it's uh, one of those things you don't really you know, think about until you actually try it out. And I think that's the way it is with cube in general is Mm. if you put, if you have, and it's one of those things you just kind of look at how decks are forming and then kind of go from there. I mean, granted there can also be people who don't know how to draft a thing or just be terrible at it. Like you could have people who say mono, like red sucks in your cube, but they're terrible at drafting it. Right. Or, or playing it. Yeah. It actually had so, to happen where somebody was like, oh, red sucks in your cube, and he played it just terribly. Mm-hmm. And despite it being probably the best color in my cube, he just, like, drafted a red deck badly and then just is convinced that it's terrible. It's like, no, that's you. Right, so so the thing about, you know, do you want a diversity? Now, I think uh, people who are building cubes now have a huge advantage that, it, it's you know, cube has been one of these topics that's been discussed and, and brought up and brought into the light and talked about a bunch, and there's people who write about it, there's people who podcast about it, there's people who post about it on websites. So, like, you have this source information that you can go to. Yeah. Like, you know, like, when I built my cube or whatever, there was, like, one cube around that was really, that you could even find a list for, and that was the one out of Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while that's kind of a starting point, it was just more like, yeah, whatever, it's just a bunch of good cards. Like, I'll figure that out. Yeah. Um, and, and so each, you know, every color or archetype or whatever has developed just through the years of playing and oh well we should add these or you know it's the combination of tinkering plus uh, new cards being added to the pool 
of, oh, okay, well, now we can do this with this color. Okay, well, now we can do this with this color. You know, for me, most recently, uh, you know, big changes I made is, you know, with uh, some of the devotion cards, I've made some changes to to focus on those a little bit, and it's been paying pretty good dividends so far. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, how's that And that's just with a new mechanic. You know, a new mechanic came around. There was I was able to tinker some and kind of make more refreshing archetypes out of some of the typically stagnant uh, blue decks. I was able to, you know, there, there's actually a, you know, the, the blue white tempo deck and, or the blue black tempo deck have, have uh, increased in quality significantly just because of some minor changes along with other cards that are coming around. So mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, and I've kind of had something similar happen when I've been, I like before I hadn't had my popper cube for a while and I just, decided as opposed to try to update for years, change, then to just scrap it and just rebuild it. And I'd been kind of feeling, had kind of similar situations where there isn't as much information on there, but just, like, just trying stuff out. And, like, Illusionary Forces, you remember that card from Ice Age? Oh, yeah, of course. The thing's enormous. Yeah, I didn't, I recently did a friend, or uh, I should actually, you know, Matt Mendoza, who runs uh, Five Color Media on Twitter, Mm-hmm. Like, he has a popper cube, and I drafted, you know, he drafted, like, a red-blue... We only had three people, so we did sealed, and he had a red-blue tempo deck, and he and he had that guy out. And I was like, I kind of had a okay impression on it, but when he played it, and just kind of looking back, I was just I just got crushed by that thing. Yeah, that card's real good. Because it turns out, air elemental, that costs four mana. <laughs> right, and common cube. It's like, yeah. okay, I guess I'll pay this cumulative upkeep or whatever. Yeah, it's like, cumulative upkeep one, it's like, okay, I... I Help! I'm dying. Right, you might just die by then. Yeah, and I did. <laughs> so I was just like, one clock, take four. Well, the other thing too that I uh, that I think is um, is interesting too is that I think you do want the mono red deck as part of your cube to begin with because I think it is, and we've had discussions about this before, but I think it is the easiest, quote unquote, easiest to program someone to draft it so they can have a somewhat successful first cubing experience or that it's something that people can fall back on. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to play it right. No. It doesn't even necessarily mean they're going to draft it 100% right either if you just said, hey, take the take the red card in the pack. Basically, just default to taking the red card in the pack, default to taking the lowest mana cost creature in each pack, yeah, like um, all the like, if then all the if then statements is like, right. does this cost one? If well, no, or whatever, right. does it cost two or whatever? And go through, you know, it's like, well, here, right? It's like given the, it's like one of the decision trees, right? It's like, is there a red card in the pack? Yes, no. You know, is there a creature in the pack? Does it let you know what I mean? And you can you can design a tree to get someone to draft a deck that is at least somewhat playable and respectable if you're if they're drafting the low drops, right? Like if you just had a deck full of reds, ones and twos, car, cards that cost red ones and twos, is that gonna be optimal? Well probably not. But is it going to probably win some games? Yeah. Like yeah. It's def- I think the ones and two deck is better than the Ones and threes and fours deck, or the ones and sixes deck. Well, I was gonna say a ones and sixes or ones and sevens deck or something. Right. Like so. so yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I was. Gonna, I'm gonna draft the Tattermunge Maniac Avenger of Zendikar deck. And it's like you're gonna do terrible. Right. Right. That's not gonna. That's not gonna be copacetic or whatever when it's all said and done. Yeah. But you can program someone to do it the other way and just like, hey, just do this. 
granted, it doesn't account for if the person in front of them is going to be in the exact same deck. Obviously, there's other variables at, at play here. But I think it's a deck that you can default you can default is not the right word that you can fall back on as a draftable deck for people who may be their first time experience uh because if you're building a new cube it's likely that you're going to i guess i'm assuming that you're going to have a somewhat new play group yeah uh, and maybe that's a wrong assumption to make but uh, i think that's a deck that certainly benefits from having newer players and, and I think what, what will likely happen is that the deck would be successful to begin with, and then the deck would fall off significantly as other people adapt to it and as your cube adapts to it, and then will come back as being valuable later on once people learn how to actually draft the red deck correctly and play it correctly. Mm-hmm. I think you'll see that that wave of that ebb and flow of, hey, it's going to be good at the beginning, and then it's going to take a step back until the red players and red drafters figure it out, and then it's going to come back again and kind of find its rightful place among uh, among archetypes. If that's saying, if you want the red, if you want to have an, a, a cube that has attacking decks in it, mm-hmm. so because you know that's not what everybody wants. Yeah, so, I mean, just look at you know, look at a EDH. Mm-hmm. EDH not really an attacking format in so far as people just like to do cool stuff. You know. Yeah. So. I think it's important to have the red deck as the, 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 if not mono red, the mostly red deck as one of your starting archetypes when building your cube, especially if you just want to do it from scratch and not bomb off of somebody else's list. I think that has to be, I think it's a very good spot for, to be red's primary identity. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good at that role too. It's you yeah. know a lot of things tend to work, and it feels like it's definitely got better at that because of good cheap stuff. Right, and you know, is that kind of boring? Well, you know, some people do find that kind of boring. I don't necessarily find it boring all the time. Yeah, I'm not, I, I mean, find it fun. Some I don't people, know. some people do. You know, it's the fun police deck or whatever. I find red decks a lot more fun than blue decks. Like a recent, like recently, I drafted a mostly blue splashing white deck, and that was mm-hmm. I didn't find it. I much rather would rather have drafted. The mostly red deck, but I I first picked Ether Searcher, mm-hmm. and got past Consecrated Sphinx and Primeval Titan, and then went Sphinx, went with Sphinx, and then just got past all the blue cards. I'm like, okay, guess I'm doing this now. Nice, yeah. But yeah, I just was like, this is I I was like, this deck is just not fun. Like I much rather enjoy like it's just a personal thing, but I just like sure. at attracting decks more. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. And, you know, I, I, I love a Boros deck personally, but I certainly do like, I, I go through phases where, uh, I would much, I, I really like drafting the blue decks. I really like the artifact deck. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite decks to draft. Um, but I definitely go in, in, in cycles of what I like and what I don't like. So, eh, makes sense to me. But, uh, I, I it's funny because a lot of tournament players, you know, tournament players will, will, gravitate most of the time towards red or blue, mm-hmm. which I think is kind of amusing. Yeah. I, like, I mean, I like a lot of things. I just, most of the time I just end up in, I don't know, I just like attacking. I like attacking for two. Yeah, same. It's a, it's a fun strategy. Same. Yeah, it's on my resume. Yep. <laughs> attacking for two. Must attack each pot turn if possible. Right, right. All right, we have, uh, I think, what, would we have one more question? Two more questions? Uh, what are some red fan favorites from oh. Les? Like, what are, I, I, I don't know. 
Well, we'll we'll get to that, right? Because we're going to name our later on in the podcast. We're going to do our five favorite cards each. Oh yeah, that's true. So we can we can certainly cover we can certainly cover that as well. Yeah, I guess the other question, and the other one's kind of similar from A V E L Z E N Avelzen is. How do you keep it from being just a collection of red aggro creatures? I guess we kind of talked about that, just maintaining a balance. Right, making sure that cards can see play. Are there going to be creatures that only attack? Yes. However, uh, the the more ways you're able to have creatures in in your deck that do both, right? So it's the difference between a 1G 2-2 or a 1G 2-2 that you can discard a card and pay a green mana to go search for a creature. Mm-hmm. Discard a, a creature to go search for another creature. I mean, those cards that it's it, are, at its root are the same. However, one gets to do spell type effects too. Mm-hmm. So I think looking for things that can fill multiple roles, one of which is the attacking role, is going to be a place where you're going to like it. Because I mean, let's look, look at Fire Imp. Is Fire Imp a good mid range card? Yeah. It absolutely is a good mid-range card against the uh, against the aggro decks, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they're like one drop, two drop. You're like, okay, well, here's this three drop. Kill your two drop. Would you say and generator? You have your. Would you say generator, generator serving could yeah. certainly be yeah part of that as well, um, especially because then you can power out if you need to you know if you need it to block you can block with it, but then if you just want to power out something if you just want to power out a five drop on turn three or whatever like you have that ability as well. Okay, here's um, a colonial hydra. Right, and it's just like, well, here's a Colonian Hydra. Uh, hopefully, you have a way to kill it. Yep. Or I mean, here, I mean, or even like, here's a Cloud Goat Ranger. Yep. <laughs> oh, Cloud Goat Ranger. I mean, there's, uh, you know, there's there's a couple different ways you can go with that as well. So, uh, yeah, that's a, a card that certainly can can play both directions. It's not a card that I have in my cube currently, but it's certainly an interesting card. And once again, much like Hammer of Perforosa is a uh, a card that I'd be like, oh yeah, sweet. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> let's try this. Yeah, like this card's sweet. So, yeah. Uh, th- I think that's how you how you keep it from being the collection, and just keeping it dynamic too. If you notice that there are too many creatures, you know, if your red decks are cutting creatures for whatever reason, then maybe you have too many creatures that aren't good enough that are not making the cut. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and or, that's kind of a weird thing I found with like spells and aggressive decks is sometimes they might be solid spells, but they may not make the grade just because of yeah, better like a numbers game. Yeah. And right. there's only so many spells that can go around in like an aggressive deck. Right. So there may be spells that just look extremely good, but just can't make the grade in a lot of decks because, you know, even though it's there to support the aggressive decks or whatever, it just, it's just a numbers game where just... Well, it, well right, because you draft, you know, for example, you draft your Volcanic Hammer, you know, you draft your Volcanic Hammer, but what if you just wind up with a deck full of Lightning Bolts and incinerates? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, well, the Volcanic Hammer, while a fine card, is just not going to make it. You know what I mean? Obviously, I'm being a, a little obtuse as far as the uh, comparison goes, but, uh, you know, so, there's only so much room for spells unless you're the burn deck, you know, uh... Or, you know, sometimes you just don't get enough creatures, so you have to play all your burn spells. But yeah. then you're not cutting the hammer. But sometimes it just it gets outclassed. I mean, yeah. sometimes, you know, sometimes you just don't do enough. Or sometimes you have to play the gambit of, okay, this deck didn't turn out so well, so I need to build my deck that's going to give me the best chance of just, like, that when I do 
get that nut draw or the ideal, you know, within one standard deviation of the nut draw, I'm going to win those games. Even if I go, you know, at 1.1 standard deviations away and my deck is horrible, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we, you just have to, you know, you have to cut some things to, to give your deck that, you know, it's, it's sealed deck theory, right? So if your sealed pool is bad, you have to take risks. So that way you can try to, you know, ride the luck a little bit of your mana base in order to have a more powerful, you know, give yourself a more powerful, you know, you wind up being a, you know, they talk about the puncher's chance in boxing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you have a, if you have a heavy punch, you have a chance of winning any fight, you know, so it's a, the same approach, you know, like, well, I'm not going to be able to box as well, but if I can, you know, if I just, you know, take risks on my mana base or whatever, things like that. But I get to put, I get to play like, instead of playing, you know, one bomb, I get to play four bombs. Yeah. And, and it's like, like, all right. But this, this is going to be my path to victory. So this is what I have to do. Yeah. So. I like it. I like it. So yeah. That works for me. Go. Yeah. It's like playing off color morphs <laughs> in, uh, in uh, cons limited. Yeah. Sometimes you get them. Yeah, sometimes you need three. And then, you know, sometimes you just randomly get people because they're like, kill that thing. And you're like, whoo-hoo. Or you have a ghost fire blade. You wind up opening a ghost fire blade in pack three. And you're like, hey, we did it. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Uh, how are we doing on questions? Uh, I think that's the... I felt like there was one more. How do you support red in large list? Bad dudes, what else can it do? Is it... What else can it do... And then like okay. Pyroclasm, and I think I, I, I think there are a lot more tier two red aggressive cards that people give credit for. Uh, like go find Kenny Mare's list. Yeah. If there's if you're gonna find a a large list that's going to support attacking, then that's where you're gonna find it. Also, I think it just requires a lot. For lack of a better term, it just requires effort. I think, and sometimes people just don't want to put that effort in. Mm-hmm. Like they'll just be like, "Hey, I got Fire Drinker Seder." Guess I don't need Jackal Pup anymore. It's like, come on, don't, you know, don't phone it in. And it's kind of similar where, I guess that was kind of the problem with a lot of early cubes is they didn't want to put the early aggressive cards because the bigger ones just looked more impressive. Well, sure. I mean, which would you rather have in your deck, Baneslayer Angel or Tattermunch Maniac? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it kind of is that same kind of scenario where it's like, do I want to put, uh, what is that like? I'll attack Bloodseeker or Giant Four Drop. Hooray! You know, right. it's like okay, we'll put the the cool Four Drop. I'm trying to think of four cool Four Drops in in red, but I can't really think of any or fives or sixes. Like a big like Hellkite Charger. There we go. I don't okay. know how many cubes play Hellkite Charger, but yeah, and say all right, drop up. I'll attack Bloodseeker. Does attacks for two, but Hellkite Charger. Wow, it attacks for seven. And it attacks twice the next turn. Yeah, I mean, that's, and it was, it's a dragon, unlimited, you know, it's... Or uh, the, the what's the dragon that when you attack with it, you get to fireball a creature? Oh, Flame Blast Dragon? Yeah. Yeah, that, that card's real fun and limited, let me tell you. Yeah, surprisingly not that good in cube. Yeah, no, just not very good in cube. I also tried Thunder Dragon for a while in cube. Is that, that the one that, like, not very good either. hits everything on the ground? Correct. It comes in it, yeah, it comes in and it, and it pyroclasms the ground. Yeah, I think I wanted to like that card. It just didn't do like much. Seven mana or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of strange. A lot of dragons were just bad, and then they were like, "Well, we need want to make a Bane Slayer caliber dragon, so I'll print Thunder Maw." 
That's like, why they uh, that's why they killed them all in cons, man. They were all too bad, so they killed them all. Except for Mr. Sarkin. Right. Who who can be a dragon. He gets to cast form of the dragon on himself. Yeah, I like that card so much. He's a he's yeah, a good like dragon. Oh, you mean Sarkin. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> I do like form of the dragon though, however. Yeah. Won won quite a few games on becoming a dragon. I'm a dragon. <laughs> Wee. Right. Foom this. Foom that. Foom your face. <laughs> foom your face. Foom. I like that because form of the yeah. dragon. I like that. Yeah, and it sounds like the the sound effect when the fire comes out. Foom. Mm-hmm. And you take damage. Yeah, you just keep fooming everybody. Mm-hmm. Foom this. Foom, foom. that. Anyway. Uh, so, well, do you want to move on and name our uh, honorary red cards? Yeah, I guess, but yeah, I think that's the main thing is just being cognizant and just don't be, I mean, all in all, just be cognizant, you know, and support it in a bit large keep, like, it's definitely possible. Yeah, it feels absolutely like absolutely possible. You need to be, it requires just discipline, I think, to not just fall into the trap of just giant big dudes. Like well, and, yet, and you have to remember, too, that as the size of a cube increases, the average card quality goes down. Yeah. Right, unless you start doing doubles. So while you may be like, man, I don't want to have to play this whatever card, you got to remember that in general and on average, everybody else's decks are going to be weaker too. So the relative card quality stays the same. Yeah. So you, you know, you, you know, you're just fine playing Echo Pup or whatever, right? Goblin Patrol because well, you still need cards that do that sort of thing. You're maybe you're just fine playing two power creatures, some two power creatures for two that have upside. You know, maybe Blood Knight is good enough for a 720 list. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know if it is or not, but maybe it is because you just need, uh, you know, more aggressive two drops. And while that's not as good as all these other things, well, yes, that's fine, but we still have, you know, that jump from 540 to 720 is an awful big leap. Mm-hmm. And that's 180 cards to come up with, you know, across, uh, you know, seven categories, um, uh, eight categories, I guess. I mean, that's minimum 20 cards per section. Yeah. 20 cards is a lot yeah. to, add to, a, to add to a single section and, and especially keep the things going that you want to keep going. So feel free to add the, the, your, your blood knights and your, uh, you know, and your generator servants and your all tech blood seekers and your your goblin patrols and your what's his name's uh uh spike shot elders. Yeah. And and things like that because that's that's what's gonna help you while they don't you know, they are not as good as perhaps their counterparts that, you know, are three power for two or or whatever, they're they're still going to serve a role and, and they're going to do good work. Maintain discipline. Mm-hmm. Stay, on the, stay on the path. Yeah, stay on the path. <laughs> I like it. Aggressive do no, safe. Aggressive do yes, safe. Aggressive do so so, just like great. <laughs> Isn't like was that like the weird thing is the uh, the kid in the Karate Kid is now as probably at this point older than Mr. Miyagi was. Yeah, I don't know how old is Pat Morita in that movie. I don't know, I've seen the meme, it was like a picture or whatever saying that, or, you know, whatever. 
I don't... How old is Pat Morita? Is he still alive? No, no. Pat Morita passed away a while ago. That's what I figured. To the Google Mobile. The number of years it's been now. That's what I kind of figured. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how old he was when he made that movie. Although he's always kind of looked old. Like, even on, like, Happy Days, he didn't look young. Yeah. When did Karate Kid come out? Because he was born in 1932. All right, so he was in his 50s then, because it was in the 80s. That's what I thought. I just forget the year. I could probably look here. Let me think. Glory, uh, Karate Kid Part 2 came out around 88. 84. So first part would have to be, yeah. He was 52 when they came out. When did... And how old is Ralph Macchio now? Let's find out. He was born in 61, so he's 52, so they're the same age. Oh, so they're about the same age. Wow. That's crazy. I bet you Ralph Macchio looks younger now than yeah. Pat Morita did in that movie. There's a picture on Wikipedia from him in 2013. He definitely looks younger than than uh, Mr. Miyagi did. Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that's, you want to talk about something that makes you feel old. Yep. Jeez. Budget was $8 million, box office 90 made some profit on that one. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's not pretty bad at good. all. Not bad. Speaking of getting paid, let's talk about red cards that pay for the mana. No. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that was horrible. That was. That was, that was quite bad. Wow. I was trying to, well, I guess it would have been like, you know, how you, you want get, another shot at it? No, we'll keep it. <laughs> We're going to keep that one. But it's kind of like, you know, getting paid for, you know, the mana. It's like paying, getting paid for what you put in. Same thing. You, you put in nine million, eight million, whatever, you get paid ninety million. Get, you put, it, put, uh, two mana into Shrine of Burning Rage. And then you get like ten damage out of it. No? I wish I could broadcast the look on my face right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like the, uh, the face palm, but with minus the palm. Oh. <laughs> yes, that's the victory so, dance. So yeah, so uh, so yeah, uh, of course. Are you talking about honorary red cards? Shrine yeah. Burning Rage, good old, good certainly old. number one on the list. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's definitely a good one. You know, and and that's a card too. Once again, it's unfortunately it is a you know for the most part a one trick pony. However, whew, man, is it good at that trick? Yeah, I was about to say it's very good at that trick. And it's one of those things, too, that just is inevitable, and it just keeps ticking and just keeps ticking and keeps ticking. And it is a clock that is going to kill your opponent. Yep. Especially if you keep mana up so they can't just randomly get you. Yep. So, yeah. You know, another one that uh, another one that just keeps ticking, too, is uh, Anka Mishra. Yeah. And so yeah. they're just like, oh... Well, I'm gonna need. I don't need to play as many lands as you. So while I am going to take four, you will likely take significantly more than that. Yep. And even if you do take damage, you're the red deck. Who cares? Right. I'm the red deck. I don't care. <laughs> I will. I will kill myself if I have to, but not before I kill you. Yep. Because I'm at one. That's I had it right. I need. Yep. I had that game in standard with the with the red white burn deck that in which my opponent dealt no damage, but I dealt 19 to myself and 20 to my opponent. Wow. What, how, what, how was it with the Great so, so Rebel? So my opening hand, this was pre-M15. So my opening hand is, uh, it was a six-carder that I kept, 
and it was uh, Mana Confluence, Mana Confluence were my lands. And then the creatures were uh, the creatures were um, Eidolon of, of the Great Revel, mm-hmm. Eidolon of the Great Revel, and Phoenix. Phoenix! <laughs> and uh, so I took two to play him on turn two. Then I took four on the next turn to play the second one, didn't draw the third land. And then I took uh, six, I think, on the next turn to catch the Phoenix. <laughs> and then took a couple more damage over the course of the game, and my opponent died. Wow. Wow. And, uh, yeah, he, I, I dealt, as, as it turns out, at the end of the game, uh, at one point, I, I, I hit the point, I had a uh, Helix in hand, and I lamented that it was not City of Brass, because I had three non-mana confluence lands, and I was on one. Oh. Huh. And I was, if it were City of Brass, I could get the mana, put the trigger on the stack, cast my spell, and then take gain my life, and then take the damage. However, with mana confluence, taking the, you know, the taking the damage is part of the cost. Yeah. So, yeah. Which makes more intuitive sense, which is, you know, makes... Correct. I, you know, it's, I think it's better for gameplay, but definitely Correct. worse when you're in the driver's seat. It's like, oh... Right, oh. that was the one time I... That was the one time I've ever run into that over the course of uh, playing with either card. It's the first time I wish that I had that opportunity, but yeah, oh, well, uh, I did not. So I just checked Twitter, and okay. in Mister Brian, the Cube Miser, a couple of days ago, like asked me, he was like, "So, what do you think of what did you think of Dandelion and Burdock Soda?" <laughs> He's like, hey, what, "Let me see if I can oh. find the tweet." <laughs> and I thought he was trolling me or like giving me trouble because you know we'd mentioned it several times on the podcast about how terrible it was. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was trolling me or just giving me trouble because I was like, you know, uh, you know, I was like, yep, I know. I, I've said it a lot of times that Dandelion and Burdock so it is bad. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but he was actually asking. He was like, oh, man, I'm not to find this. But then he asked me, I was like, okay, so he's telling me about, like, peach cobbler soda. That, that's that world market or huh. thing. I was like, that sounds, that, sounds, that sounds way better than dandelion and or burdock soda. Yeah, dandelion burdock soda, not so much. <laughs> oh, like, there we go. Let's drink some hemlock soda. Woo! <laughs> he said, is dandelion and burdock soda any good? I can't remember if you said it was. Oh, you my read, God. You read that and you think he's trolling. And I was like, damn, he's trolling. I thought right. it was giving me trouble, so of course I laughed, because then I laugh at everything. And then... I was like, I thought you were trolling me, but it's actually good. <laughs> so shout-outs to sodas that are better than Dandelion Burdock Soda, which is yes. every soda in the universe. Right, most. <laughs> most non-Dandelion Burdock. Right, but most non-Dandelion Burdock Sodas. <laughs> so bad. So I, I, bad. Could, I, I mean, I, in my mind, I can imagine sodas that would be worse, but I don't yeah. know if they exist. Yeah, I don't know. There's definitely... I think the worst soda I've had. It, it, that one is definitely not the worst, but I mean, I happen to find seltzer absolutely disgusting. Like seltzer water? Yeah, yes. like like carbonated water. Yeah, is yeah. I, I can't I can't deal. Is seltzer water different than tonic water? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. That's a question. 
I think so. Okay. <laughs> I'll never, I, I don't ever drink that kind of stuff, so I don't know. Okay. Was or like Perrier, I don't know. Yeah, Perrier's okay, I guess. I think I tried to like it, and I was like, this isn't terrible, but it's not great. It's okay. Yeah, oh. shrug. But you know what is better than Dandelion and Burdick Soda? Um, Chris Roll. Roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, speaking of Twitter, should we, um, uh, I guess we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Make yourself a notation to bring it up later. I will, yeah. But yeah, Chris Roll, absolutely honorary red card. Got its uh, Welcome to Magic Party and Tempest Block in the red deck. Yep, in the David, David Price. Uh, alongside his, uh, later on alongside his brother, Scalding Tarn. Or no, that's called Scalding like Tarn. Yeah. That's a card I wanted to like for Cube, too, but it's just like one da- one damage versus two damage is quite a big leap. Mm-hmm. Like Copper Tablet, just like, ugh. Right. Like, no, sorry. Although, what's the card that people like that you have to put counters on and pass it to your opponent? Jinx Choker? Yeah, Jinx Choker. Oh, I don't know, that card's not bad. Would that be an honorary red card? Yeah, I think so. Okay, good. Yeah, you got another, hey, you're taking lots of damage. I'm taking damage, too, but, you know. Don't oh, care. Yeah, someone was trying to tell me it's, like, the best in green decks, and I just, like, shook my head. I was like, no. Well, I mean, is that because you can play it later and just jam a bunch of counters on it and kill them? Yeah, but most of the time, I'd just rather play in red decks and just, like, force them to, you know, take right. damage. Right, just force them to deal. Yeah. It's basically, if they're not taking the damage, they're choking up their mana. So it's kind of like Rashadenport, in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Rashadenport. That card's sweet. Rashadenport's kind of like an honorary red card. It's yeah. also an honorary white card, too. It is. Well, it did... I guess it, it used to be in Goblins, and now it's in... Is it played in Death yeah, Taxes? Uh, yes, absolutely it is. That's what I thought, yeah. That card's sweet. And I forget... Did, was it played in Maverick? No, That's I don't like, believe so. Uh, when you start adding, yeah, two color uh, plus wasteland. Once you got to right, and then once you got to the third color, once a uh, punishing fire came out. Oh yeah, there's yeah. just like no room for for shenanigans like that. Is punishing Maverick a thing still? It was. I mean, the deck only recently started to resurface. Huh. Um, but it's still, I don't think, a, a very good deck necessarily. Oh, we're punishing. So. Poor Maverick. I like that deck. So, yeah, I like the Punishing Fire Maverick deck, too. Yeah. We're Punishing John. Punishing John. That deck's... Yeah, also another uh, another pretty good one. I like so. how I like how Curse Scroll was devised to, for uh, bluffing. You know, it's supposed to be for bluffing purposes. Huh. Yeah, like it was when it was created. I forget. I might link it in the show notes because I can't find it right now. But from what I understand, uh, a big part of the design... Let's see if I can find it. Let's see. Cursed scroll bluffing. You know, it would be great if we ever actually got to the point where we knew exactly what we were going to say so we could look all this stuff up ahead of time. <laughs> but, Funny. But, you know, with the, the nature of the, uh, the the nature of the conversational tone... Yeah. It's that difficult at times. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Or if we had some, like, computer monkeys that could do it for us, like, while we were in the studio, they could be, like, behind the glass. <laughs> and be like, yeah, it's something like this, and then we could keep going, and then we get the little, like, in our earpiece, like, Psh, here it is, and they, like, put it up on the screen, and we're like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That'd All be right. sweet. Mark Rosewater, Ledge, all the believe is blah, 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 blah. For Mark's When They Were Young column, 
And the card was three mana, and it costs three mana, and tap. Or is is three mana artifact, and then two and tap it. Name a card. Target opponent chooses a card at random from your hand. If he or she chooses a card you named, it deals two damage to our creature or player. The Tempest design team, Mike Elliott, Richard Garfield, Charlie Cantino, and I, uh, Mark Rosewater, went to Portland to spend a week all huddled up in a borrowed house. We are working so hard that we felt we deserved to take one night off to see a movie. We saw The Frighteners, for those of you who like... Ooh, good movie. I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's great. The Michael J. Fox movie. Oh, there you go. Walking to the theater, Richard came up with this card. The idea was that behind it was that it was a bluffing card. For example, a player might name a card like Counterspell that wasn't even in his or her hand. Development liked the card, but felt it wasn't good enough to actually see play, so we juggled the numbers around to create Curse Scroll. Oops. <laughs> the problem with Curse Scroll as a bluffing card is initial vision is not how the card is played. The upside of dealing two damage on the named card is de- revealed as so high compared to any actual small damage am- amount of misinformation that you mm-hmm. might be able to dole out to your opponent by naming a card not in your hand that everyone simply tries to empty their hands and not bluff at all with the card. Makes sense? Yep. So, yeah, that's uh, what it was trying to do. Yeah. Unlike uh, Liar's Pendulum, which was a very good execution of the bluffing card. Yep, and they actually talk about that card next. Mm-hmm. That card was sweet and limited, too. As far as bluffing cards go, Liar's Pendulum was a huge leap forward compared to Curse Scroll. The Curse Pendulum rewarded you for bluffing directly, as opposed to the Curse Scroll's theoretical indirect reward. And for the Pendulum's reward for bluffing, correctly gave you more fodder for later bluffs. Huh. What impressed me most about the card was that there were players that were just better at it than others, even playtesting. Pat Chapin, the t- development intern during the months we were working on Mirrodin, was particularly adept with the card, he draw a card after card with a pendulum, fooling others, myself included, time and time again, while constantly guessing correctly when it was on the opposing side of the table. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Card is definitely rewards people. It's like uh, it's like a ball therapy, just like rewards people who know more. Yep. Who are better. Yep. Intuitive. Yeah. Or better informed. Yeah. I was about to say, it's like, I'll name... Uh... <laughs> It's essentially naming what could get you. Right. Or what you're, what you're worried about. It's like, I would lose two days. All right, days. Or whatever. But, I, yeah, Qual Therapy is a sweet card. But, yeah, I like, you know, it's definitely, Curse Scroll did not end up being as they had intended. Hmm. Which is supposed to be a bluffing card. And, uh, yeah, well, I have uh, three three cards in my hand. Uh, mountain. <laughs> right. What do I have? Oh, Mountain. Right. <laughs> No, the worst part of it is when you're like, I'll name this card you already know, and then you reveal another card, and you're like, Gah! I yeah. wanted to know that I had this card. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad that Magus of the Scroll never really did much, but I think it was the... Oh, yeah. It, it, it was a little too fragile. I think it was the, the, the being slow part. I think the being able to not... Well, just also, it. you can't just cast it, right? You can't cast it and use it on the same turn in the later game. Yeah, and I think that was a big problem with the Magus cycle. The ones that were based on, like, artifacts? Right, have to, right, the ones that have to have activated abilities, you mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not like Magus of the Moon or whatever. Yeah, because Magus of the Moon and Magus of the Tabernacle work just fine. Yeah, but like... Although, to be fair, Magus of the Disc is was close to unbeatable in limited formats. That's true. I mean, I mean it's a wrap. It's like an Earl's Disc. Also, that card was like the two-headed giant format at the time, too. Oh, yeah, right, with the, the slivers... So being able to blow up two people's worth of stuff 
Wow, yeah. Made it made it real difficult, like because they could their two person team could game plan their uh, their hands while you had no idea what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not like you could say, "Oh, well, we'll just get them in the second game." Yeah. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I mean, you could pump the brakes for a turn, but because it enters the battlefield tapped, right? Correct. Yeah, but it's like, uh oh. Uh. I guess I'm dead like, now. And we kill this thing. Yep. It's like, well, I can't over. Oh, I overcommitted. Right. Too late. Yeah. We're already getting, you know, three for ones. Yeah, we're because, getting, you know, we're we're getting six for two basically. Yeah. Ow! Ow! Don't bite me! Mm. Stop! Stop! Sorry. I getting assaulted. Cat, don't bite. <laughs> it's all purring in my face, and I go oh. to pet him, and he bites my hand. Right, these cats make no sense. God, it's a bit hard too. I got like indentations in the back of my hand. Oh, jeez. Yeah, Brett. That's not good. Anyway, yeah, you're purring. Yeah, you're cute. Whatever. <laughs> Aw. All right. Anyway, uh, do you want to do our top five uh, favorite cards? Yeah. Oh, uh, Black Vice and Figure Destiny honorary oh, yeah. cards too. That's right. Honorary cards, right? Black Vice and. Which of course goes right into that, you know, turn one probably going to do upwards of four damage for a one mana spell. Yep. Uh, oh, figure of destiny. I think I put on there because you know, technically it's a red white card, but yeah. Oh, I just thought of one. Ooh, what's that? Sonic blast. Oh, ooh. <laughs> next level. Oh yeah, certainly. Certainly reverse engineering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I love when people say like. Hey, this is like uh, when they see char, or they see sonic blast. I'm like, hey, this is a blue char. You're like, oh no, no, no. You're like, man. Oh, young one. Mm-hmm. This is actually because yeah, it's the, usual, it's the youngins who say that stuff. Yep. And then it's like, nope, sorry. Or uh, someone I heard recently said something like, hey, like jackal pup is just a worse fire drinker satyr. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Whoa, what? Whoa. What? Fire Drinker's Aider is just a better Jackal Pup. Wow. Hold on. In what context did they say that? Respect your elders. Oh, it was talking about, uh, like, one drops in Cube, and now it, like, uh, you know, since Fire Drinker, should we, should you run a card, you know, should you run a card that's just strictly worse than that version of it? So, yeah. Yeah, Pop, uh, answer yes. <laughs> Yeah, so See, right, yes, all, all of the things. Yes, all the all the dudes. And show some respect for your elders or get off my lawn. <laughs> or, or I'll bite you. Right, Jackal yeah. Pup will bite you. That's true. <laughs> Trying to think of how yeah. often the drawback on Jackal Pup has mattered. Yeah, I mean, occasionally. Yeah. It matters more now that we with considering some of the cards we have in the format. Yeah. So uh all right, do you want to do our top five? Yeah, let's do the top five. All right, top five favorite red cards here. And so, I kind of, uh, I'm sure we'll have some crossover. I can't imagine not having a couple at least. Yeah. And uh, do you want to talk about cards that didn't make your list, like oh. uh, honorary mentions? Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't mention, I didn't come up with any. But how about you start, and then I'm gonna write some down. Okay. So uh, a card that almost made my top five. Uh, probably only because it's too new to have broken my top five is, uh, Perforos, God of the Forge. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
I've uh, I've become a big fan of that card. Uh, it does. It, it, I'm a big fan of of what it's able to do, both for red decks, for mid range decks. It allows token decks to do a bunch of things, and then oh, it has this activated ability too. So uh, that's that certainly hasn't been blank. It's certainly been relevant as well. So uh, it's another card, much like equipment does, much like something like Wolf Run does, because uh, Wolf Run mm-hmm. is it turns you know when you're in the aggressive decks, it turns these late draw creatures into actual threats. Uh, because not only is it going to deal two damage on the way in, but you get to spend your extra mana to make it, you know, your, your, your two one for one now has dealt two and, you know, could likely swing for four coming mm-hmm. at the turn without too much of an issue yeah. or more. So, uh, anytime you can find cards like that that are going to give you value that, and this one provides value right away by, you know, shocking the opponent, but also provides value later on, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm in. Yep. And then there are times when you cast, you know, stupid things afterwards, like Siege Gang Commander. Oh, yeah. Or so. Precursor Golem. Or Precursor Golem, also a fine one. Yep. So or here's Go Ranger. Oh, jeez. So I have four dudes, and you take eight. <laughs> right. <sighs> That's gross. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So. That's pretty good. Or, you know, some cards that have, you know, worked their way out of my cube. Things like, uh, oh, what's the, what's the one from Zendikar that you, Conqueror's Pledge. Take 12. Uh, wow. Yeah. And it's a five drop. So you perforos, uh, take 12. Take 12. Granted, your mana base seems to be pretty good because you need to go, you know, red to triple white, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, you need draft, a lot. Of, yeah, lands. draft your lands. Uh, or, you know, Casting that guy on four, and then or later on in the game, and then untapping and casting something like, uh, and it's like Marshall Coup for seven. So take fourteen, <laughs> kill all your guys, and yeah. I have seven guys. And I have all these cards now. Yep, it's like and go, and you're up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Porphyro's climbing the uh, climbing the charts, but not top five for me yet. Just haven't had enough uh, reps with them. To, to really to have him crack it, so he's a new dude. Cause he's a cause he's a new dude. Yep, yep, yep. That works. And my, you know, my as the years progress, the the actual time spent cubing decreases as you know real life increases. So yeah, boo, real life. All right, come up with one. Yeah, I did. Uh, young pyromancer. Ooh, good one. I like that guy. I also like that guy. He is very, very good, and I think he continues to get better as we see more spells matter cards. Yeah. You know, a la Stoke the Flames. Mm-hmm. It's a perfect card to, to go alongside someone like Young Pyromancer. Or, hey, the aforementioned Perforos. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, I think, it, even it's if you only, if you trigger it once, if you trigger it once, I think it's all, it's pretty good. But if you do get at least two guys out of it, you mm-hmm. it's such value. Oh, yeah. Well, the fact that it's appearing, you know, the fact that it appears in legacy decks. It's uh, vintage. Um, like, it's making, making quite an impact in vintage, mm-hmm. which the is fact crazy. The oils are $45 each. Yeah. that's Actually, I, I thought about trading for one the other day, and I just didn't have the heart to pull. I have one for my cube, and I just didn't have the heart to pull the trigger on it, because I feel like that's a card that can just be reprinted at any time. Mm-hmm. 
Like it wasn't a standard ruiner by any stretch of the imagination. No, I feel it, like that card can just get reprinted and for a long time it was pretty innocuous and in standard, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you saw a little, it. It got some life when the burn deck rose to prominence. Uh, yeah. Other than that, you know, not it, not a whole lot. It not felt like lot. it felt like that and Eidolon were kind of like the which one was the two drop du jour, right? In the burn deck. And I forget which one people eventually settled on, but it felt like at least those two were kind of... The community settled on... Well, you know, the big thing that made the community quote-unquote settle on it was the fact that there were four in the Pro Tour Top 8 deck, but only one Eidolon in the Pro Tour Top 8 deck. Oh, wow. So... I think that's uh, that was a, a big portion of it. If I'm remembering that correctly, I think the, the uh, Matt Sperling's deck had one Eidolon... Four Phoenix and four uh, Young Pyromancer. Okay. So most people were on Pyromancer by the end of the season. However, I was still on Eidolon. So mm-hmm. it was awesome. That card is and, sweet. And it just won over the course of me playing the deck. Just won so many games uh, almost on its own, uh, and just so many games were so much harder when I didn't have it. It's just like this is this is not a card I'm willing to cut at this point. Yeah. So. And as it turns out, it's pretty fun in cube too. It's not bad. It's certainly not bad. It turns out there are a lot of spells that cost uh, three or less. That's true. So, yeah, like uh, Young Pyromaster or Pyromaster. Yes, that only cost three. So yeah, I like Young Pyro. It's sweet. A, it's a sweet one. Do you want? All should right. we do more? No, let's go to our list. Let's go to the top five. All right, let's do that. All right, you want to go first, or you want me to go first? Uh, I don't know. Whichever. Should roll a die. All right, let's do I that. Have, I don't have a die readily available. So odds equals I do it, even you. Okay. Even you, because it's a two. Okay. All right, speaking of two, this card costs two. And the card that's just like it that I'm putting with it next to it also costs two. And uh, they both have two words on their title. Yep. And their name. And <laughs> uh, they share a common word. And that word is searing. No, oh, I was gonna say or light. I was gonna say lightning could be it. Lightning, lightning strike, and there's lightning no. Bolt? Yeah, but those aren't two. That's not two. Lightning greaves. Ooh. Yeah. Not red, but whatever. No. What would you say that would be? That's an honorary green card, I'd say. Would it you? could be. Yeah. I, yeah, I think green card for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll have to get there when we actually get to our green episode. Oh, foreshadowing. (laughs) Writing, furiously scribbling this down to remember later. Uh, So, yeah, for me, uh, Searing Blaze, Searing Blood, uh, those cards do God's work, whichever God it may be. Uh, That's exactly what the the red deck wants to be doing. It's clearing a creature out and doing damage to the face, so you're not losing a ton of tempo when you're forced with that decision of, do I kill their guy or do I play another threat? Hey, this one kind of does both. Threatens yeah. their life total, and it kills their creature on the way out. Uh, Searing Blaze, obviously, slightly better than Searing uh, Blood, um, just because of the fact that it, the, the three toughness, the three damage can certainly matter. Uh, Searing Blood, perhaps a little easier to cast because of not needing landfall. Not that that's a problem. But 90 plus percent of times, I remember only one time recently where I really wanted it to do three and was only able for it to do one. But as it turns out, doing three, it just didn't matter. Like, the one was still fine. Like yeah. The one still worked. Um, 
So I remember one time I had to searing blaze with not land. I know I had only one mountain and original Garrick, and I had to tap the mountain and then mm. untap it with Garrick to get the other one, so I could <laughs> searing blaze for one. But That's it was still the right play at the time. I was like, "Yep, I mean, you got to do it, you know, get a yolo." Right, 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 right. I mean, the card's still fine. And like I said, it does both at the same time. And as a callback, is one of the cards that pu- that punishes Jackal Pup and uh, take five, six, take five or six, depending on which one you cast. Wow, nice. So yeah, so that's kind of a beating as well. Okay. That's uh, that's when the drawback really gets you. Kind of like when you cast a when you cast Searing Blaze on their uh, Precursor Golem. I thought that doesn't work. Oh, that's right. It didn't work, does it? I forget why, but I know. I think... No, you're right. We we talked about that, and it didn't work. I don't know why I said that. The, oh, okay. I just forget the reason why it doesn't. You can work. electrolyze them, right? And draw yeah. three cards. Okay. I believe so. Yeah. I just forget why Searing Blaze doesn't work. It, it's something with the rules, and I'm not. I'm not a rules lawyer. Guru. Right. I completely forgot about that. That's right. It doesn't work. Smash the Smithereens works. Yeah. Oh, Smash the Smithereens is. You give out nine damage. <laughs> Maybe because you can't, you don't get to choose them them as a target again. I guess the, the player is a target again. I don't know. Yeah, I ain't sure. Anyway, because you don't get to name two targets, it just copies it, and you don't get to retar. I don't remember the. I, yeah. I don't know what the reason would be. I'm not. I'm sure everyone out there is screaming what it is, but you're right. That's right. It doesn't work. I do that sometimes and just say things like, "Oh, this." I remember this being really cool, and I wait. That doesn't work. It's a. Uh... Layers. Like, I think I mentioned, uh, I, I tried to say something the other day of regarding the Jeskai Ascendancy deck. It was one of those things I'm like, well, I, I asked a question. I said, well, does the does the deck run Gutshot as a free spell? So, therefore, you could technically get around someone's turn to Eidolon if you just, if like your, if your deck is like on the 4x Gutshot plan or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just find two of them, you get to kill it before going off. Um, and then I mistakenly added, or something like Ether Soaring Cannonist. And I'm like, wait a second. No. You don't get to cast both gut shots underneath Ether Soaring Cannonist. Oh. Oh. So, yeah. Sorry about that. Oh, it's all right. I mean, how dare you? But, anyway. Searing Blaze, Searing Blood, number five for me. Underplayed, I, th- I might add. Yeah. Underplayed, and I think drawback is under, or, uh, is overstated. Yeah. And I think, actually, my number five was the same thing. It was actually Searing Blood, Searing Blaze. Oh. As, yeah, as it turns out, cards uh, cards really good. At first, I was not a believer on Searing Blood, on Blaze, but you you won me over. Right, rightly set you straight in your ways. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, as it turns out. Feeling. Yeah, as it turns out, the card's really, really good. Like, hey, remember playing Lorwyn block? And when they would win their clash on lash out, remember how bad that felt? Yeah, you don't have to get lucky to get people with this one. Yeah, you just had to get land. Right. I mean, which can be a bit awkward for the aggressive deck. I mean, most of the time you're still playing land. I mean, come on. Right. I mean, typically you're you're playing lands one through four. Yeah. On a somewhat regular schedule, at least the first three. Yeah. And then you know after that it just you know opens up, or you do things like, I'm not going to crack my fetch land yet, because I'm not spending the mana. So then you get to save your fetch land, and then get your landfall trigger that way. Mm-hmm. So there's certainly other ways around it. Okay, well, if that was your number five, I guess I'll go into my number four. 
My number four is another pair of cards. Oh. That instead of costing two mana, both cost five mana. Both cost five? And it is, uh, yeah, both cost five and is one of my favorite effects in the cube, even though I don't like other cards similar to it. And that is Zealous Conscript and Word of Seizing. Oh, okay. At first I was thinking, like, dragons. I was like, Stormbreath Dragon and Hellkite, whatever. And I was like, well. Nope. Nope. Uh, Zealous Conscripts and Word of Seizing. And I like these cards over any of the other threatened abilities because it says target permanent. Yep. So you get to do things like stealing planeswalkers, uh, stealing planeswalkers when they're about to go ultimate, uh, uh, stealing things like pernicious deed, uh, stealing people's equipment and equipping it for yourself, uh, or, you know, the old boring steal that blocker you really needed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Zealous Conscripts in particular is just a vicious beating because of the fact that he's also a 3-3 haster. Yeah. Which, which uh, it just screws up the math so badly sometimes. You're like, okay, well, even if they play Hellkite, I'm fine because I have this. And they're like, Zealous Conscripts, take your blocker. And now uh, that's a lot more than five now extra than yeah. what I thought it was going to take. So and kill, And kill you. Right. Or they're like, you know, take your Planeswalker and you're like, this is not going to end well. Like, uh-oh. So, uh, yeah. And like I said, it gets even more brutal when, you know, you're on the, all right, here we go. I'm going to tend to them and all their guys. I'm going to break this ground stall and, uh, whoops. Yep. How many times have you gotten How many times have you gotten a Planeswalker and gotten it to ultimate? Uh, at least, I've gotten Chandra ultimate twice. Which, which one? The, uh, Chandra Delar. So oh, tend, nice. to, tend to you and all your guys. Um, I've gotten that one twice. I know that. Um, I've also gotten a uh, indestructible emblem from 4-Drop Elspeth. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I want to say one more. Like Tampa. Um I think it was a Nickel Bolas. <laughs> wow. Because it was just one of those things where they're just like, you know, like my board really didn't have anything, you know, and they're just like, all right, well, or, you know, just like, take your thing, like, take your small thing, who cares? Mm-hmm. Take your small thing, who cares? And I'm just like, well, we're pretty much dead. And then I'm like, draw like, oh, hey, look, Zealous Conscripts. Mm-hmm. Ultimate, you discard your hand, attack you for three, and that's game, because they were at less than ten, so... And it's a decent curve topper too in aggressive decks. Like it's not yeah. bad at all. No, it's a very good. I mean, and it's and if you think about it, I mean, how often is it going to do? So okay, so you know the the five drop to the five drop that most people uh, consider to be the top five drop would be the help kite, right? Yeah. So we're talking about five flying damage. On average, I would say this card generates more. The turn it comes into play generates more than five damage on average. Yeah, I can get behind that. So, and be that's honest, why it is actually my favorite five drop. And to be fair, most of the time it just ends the game as, like, when it does its thing, like, long-term, who cares? Right, but even, right, even then, right, it's going to put things in a position where you're in a lot of trouble. Like, uh, I, basically, I got put in check a lot with this card mm-hmm. to where it's like, okay, well, I'm stabilized. And they're just like, okay, take your thing, bash you, you're now at two against the red deck. And you're just like, you know, like in chess or whatever, you're just in check at that point. It's like, oh, well, we might just get checkmated at any point. Like, 
from here on out. Yeah. So it definitely put it, if it doesn't kill you outright, it definitely puts you in a lot of danger. So. Yeah. And good, I think, at any point in time in the game. I like so. that word of seizing is an instant, like so many sorcerers, so many thefts. And it's split second. Yeah. Which is another vicious beating. It's like going to blank your etherling, huh? Nope. Right. Like they have their ether- etherling back on defense, or their morphling back on defense, and you're just like, it's like you want to respond, huh? I like I like or the, the sub- pernicious deed. You know, sometimes I mean I've literally used it as a removal spell for a pernicious deed as well. Wow. Wow. Like you know, because that's what people are taught to do, right? They're taught to wait. Mm-hmm. So you know. He's not going to activate his deed. You know, they're not going to activate the deed on their turn most of the time. They're going to wait until your turn. And so you get to untap, and you're just like, take it. And they're like, oops. It's like uh, Adrian Solomon says, like, the EOT-itis. Correct. Like, every people just, like, train to do everything EOT, sometimes at their yep. own detriment, where it's like, that's right. I could kill your guy while you're tapped out, but if I do it and you're declaring attack steps, that means I have more choices somehow, and that's better. Right, like, but then sometimes it just opens you up to getting more blown out. Yeah, or especially like against the infect deck, for example. Or like against the infect, um, doing it like, on after they declare attackers and they have bloodthirst. Forever blood rush with like okay, yep. Gore Clan rampager. This guy gets plus four, plus four, and it's like, and Oops. you know you could have avoided this if you just right. played right and didn't autopilot. Right, exactly. Granted, well, I know, think. Sorry, go ahead. I think playing, you know, I definitely think it's most of the time, like, with pernicious deed to not to to just wait a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this definitely screws with the, you know, common assumptions of play, which is nice. Right, and and I think that makes gameplay more interesting. Yeah, I think anything that kind of changes uh, the 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 status quo of how games should be played or what's going on, or the formula or the script of how magic games go. I think anything that kind of turns those that around a little bit is uh, is is good. So, yeah, for me, Celeste Conscripts, Word of Seizing, number four. I like it. Coincidentally, mine combines with both of those cards. It's a card I've been pretty happy with over the recent years, even though it was better back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's Greater Gargadon. Yeah. That was, oof. I remember having Time Spiral block draft decks with multiple Gargadons plus Word of Seizings. Both those cards were so good in wow. that draft format. Oof. This was back when damage used the stack, too. Yeah, and that's what a thing that used to do is just, like, damage on, sack, sack, sack. But I think, I do wonder if the interactions now make it better than it used to be. With, like, sacrifice effects and just mm-hmm. more token generation and, you know, just, like, more... You know, just... I don't know, that's tough to say, because the damage on the stack, sacrificing your things that are going to die, but it still kills their things, was a huge part of the value of this card. Yeah, and I think, I do wonder, though, like, most of the time, it felt like when I sacrificed things, it just died anyway. It's like when people say Mog Fanatic was so much better back in the day with damage on, and I... It just seems like that wasn't really correct at all. Well, there are certainly... Well, the thing is that you could trade it for two one ones if you yeah. wanted to bother getting in combat with you. That was the main thing, either trading with two one ones or trading with a two, like a two toughness, but most of the time right. it was just like block, hit something else, or block, and then throw it at somebody's head, which 
I mean, it's certainly a thing, but I don't think it was a big part of what made the card good. Right. No, but or you what happened a lot too is you would you know do the attack they would block with something, you know, and for whatever reason they'd block with their one toughness guy and you just throw it at their head. Mm-hmm. There were there were lots of mod fanatic combat where everything took one. Yep. Attack with my mod fanatic. Block with my mod fanatic. Okay, take one. Okay, take one. <laughs> everything takes one. Right, everybody takes one. It's like Oprah. Mm-hmm. And you take one. And you take one. And you take one. I wonder how Oprah feels about being a meme. I guess she doesn't really care. Because right. she's, I mean, she's Oprah. Famous and rich, and she doesn't care what you think. Yeah, I was about to say, because she's, cause she's Oprah Winfrey. It doesn't matter. Right, like, whatever. because no, even though nobody watches it or reads it, I'm going to make my own TV show network and magazine. And hey, shocking, I'm on the cover every month. Oh, yeah. Good call. So, <laughs> I don't particularly care what you think. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I don't I don't care. Yeah, but Gargonite is sweet. Yeah, that's a good card. I like it. Same. So, uh... I, I may have taken, uh, I may have taken ten a couple times off of Dark Confidant because of Gargadon. Yeah, but, you know, YOLO, whatever. Mm-hmm, whatever. Yeah. Means I drew an extra card. What's up? My number three is a card that is much maligned uh doesn't see nearly the amount of play uh that I think it should. Um, most people I know who have not tried the card who then wind up playing it or uh and see the day see the light of how amazing this card can be, especially in unpowered cubes. It is the number one grown worthy card on turn one uh in cube, and that is Reckless Wave. Yeah, I like Reckless her. Wave is my number three. Uh, there is uh, that card just does so much work. Um, if you if you're casting it on turn one on the play, it is things are miserable for your opponent if they don't have a way to deal with it. Um, I, I've had the card do as much as twelve to fifteen damage in a game, just because three power is so much. Um, only certain types of decks can generate two spells in an unpowered cube in the early turns, mm-hmm. um, to, to flip it back over. And let's be honest, if you have instance, maybe you just let it reflip. Yep. You know, you can just attack with your other things and let it reflip to kind of get it fired up again. Uh, it's not something you do very often, but it's certainly the option is there. Um, I have found this card to flip way more often than it's not. Uh, and I find that it's the card I want to cast on turn one in every single red deck that I have that wants to attack. Um, if there was a way to tutor for a card uh, on turn one, this is this is the card that I want. Does sometimes it just stays a one one? Yeah, every once in a while it'll just stay a one one for whatever reason. You're either you you lost your die roll and they happen to have like the the these curve, you know, the two three four and up curve, and you know that certainly makes it less than optimal. But on the, being on the play as a one drop, I don't think there's any card I'd rather have. Yeah, I, I think I like Alban Guide more on the play. Just in general. Yeah, I like and my, and my point with Goblin Guide is that if we assume that uh, Reckless Wave flips uh, Wave plus Guide on turn on in order of, and that order does five damage, where uh, just Guide on turn one instead only does four in the first two turns. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I have them both in my hand, I'm definitely playing Wave on turn one. Yeah, like I'm not playing Goblin Guide because you know playing Goblin Guide on turn two, and then they're thereby giving me five damage on to, you know to attack with on turn two instead of two and then another two 
And granted, part of that is the the, the reasoning of the timing behind the card. That's just a lot better on turn one. But I, I still maintain that at turn one on the play, if I could tutor for any card, I want Reckless Waif all the time. Turn one on the play. Yeah. Uh, over Goblin Guide. Over over anything in my cube. That's what I want. Yeah. Because Does a lot of damage. Because it's, you're right. It's because, you know, I guess by itself, it's only going to deal three, whereas Goblin Guide is going to deal four in the first two turns. Um, but really no chance for drawback, you know, or I guess there's no chance for extra information as well. But... Um, I have found that the three power guy just closes so much faster, especially if you can do, you know, you start doing the shenanigans like, I mean, I've had games where I've gone, you know, turn one waif, flip it, turn two, searing blaze your thing, take six effectively, turn three, fire amp your thing, take another three, turn four, you know, burn your thing slash flame tongue kavu your thing, you know, and just kind of do the, Get it out of the way, attack. Get it out of the way, attack. Get it out of the way, attack. And just have it deal just a ton of damage over the course of the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they're spending, even if they spend their two mana removal spell on your one mana guy, they're still dead on mana, yeah. yeah. So, so that's why I like it. That's why it's one of my favorite uh, red cards. Uh, not enough to crack the top two, but high enough to crack the top three. And I wanted some time to talk about it because it's a it's a card that, while others have found it to be uh, poor or not work for them for whatever reason, uh, I found that most people I can convince to try this card uh, and then get to experience it on turn one have just uh, have become uh, converts. It definitely gets a solid out of ten. I, gotta, so, I don't know if I. Love it a lot. You know, I don't know if I, I like it as much as you, but I, I definitely do like it for sure. It's a solid out of 10, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's a solid out of 10. But I'm a fan, and uh, while I think Goblin Guide is the better card overall, I, this, you know, this isn't a best red cards list. It's a favorite red cards list. So That is true. That is true. My number three, it's a... Uh, I guess kind of an opposite end of the spectrum is Reckless Wave. Okay. Different different card type, different mana cost. It's the new Sarkin. Oh yeah. I like that guy. That guy's awesome. Once again, didn't didn't make my list because it's too new and I haven't had a chance to play with him yet. And I thought it would be an injustice to uh to, to do such a thing. But yeah, Sarkin is whew, man, does that card seem awesome. Yeah, so much damage, and it's just like, well, I could, it can play all roles very well, like, it's, it can be a value guy, and it can be, like, a flame tonkabu kind of guy, mm-hmm. or it can just, uh, turn into a giant dragon that doesn't die to wrath, or anything. Right, that, right doesn't die to non-exiling removal. Yeah. Well, right, because it's kind of like a slow flame, it's like a flame tonkabu over two turns, right? Yeah. Because you're like for your thing when it comes into play, and then attack before the next turn. Yeah, so it's very it, similar. Yeah, I was about to say it, it can't block, but it only has but it only has quote unquote one toughness, and can't block. Yeah, what a blocking lull. Right, but I think it's <laughs> but I, I do like this card a lot. I haven't mm-hmm. had a chance to draft it as much as I want to, but mm-hmm. I I always want to draft it. <laughs> yeah, the card is awesome. I can't wait to play it. Turn four, cough. Turn five, Sarkin. And God forbid, turn six wildfire. But 
Yeah. That's, that's, that's a bit, I know that's asking a bit much. I just want to be able to go four or five planeswalkers in red. Yeah, that would and, be sweet. Uh, and beat some fools. Yeah. I do. With a bunch of four fours. I do like how I got the, uh, the wildfire deck with the two wildfires. And then I didn't seed Sark, I didn't seed the packs. So I didn't see Sarkin. Uh, and I was like, no. Yeah, I was like, the one time, the time I don't, because I was like, yeah, this is too much effort, you know, because, like, people are just like, hey, so do you want to draft your cube or my cube? I was like, yeah, I guess we can draft mine. I'm like, I don't, I was like, I don't really feel like seeding them, so I'll just shuffle them in there. And then mm-hmm. no Sarkin. I was like, ah. No. Yeah, because at first I was like, who drafted the Sarkin? I would have totally snapped that thing. And I, you know, this is after, you know, the next day or whatever. Mm-hmm. I looked. And I was like, man, right. I wonder who ended up with that Sarkin, because that would have been really sweet in my deck. And then I was like, not in my deck, not in this person. It was a five-person draft. I was like, not in this person, not there, not there, right. not there. Oh, I guess it wasn't in the draft. That sucks. Well, it's like, <laughs> womp, womp. Yeah, it was, it was kind of a feel-bad moment, but I liked the deck. But yeah, I uh, I like Sarkin. It's the, the emblem, I don't know... I haven't, you know, again, really small sample size. Uh, oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, I imagine that over. I mean, aren't they probably just dead by the time you activated a bunch? That's what it seems like. It seems almost like a weird plan B, but you don't want to. I don't know. I, I never want to. It seems right. Like. I guess it's like a plan like D button almost at that point because it's like okay, well if a four if the fact that this guy has attacked. How many times in the air as a 4-4 indestructible dragon, and yet you still need more help to win the game mm-hmm. beyond what yet another attack of a 4-4 dragon would do? Yeah. Something <laughs> happened. Seems, uh, seems like so, so, something's going wrong. Yeah, something, I think your deck needs help. Right. It's like that ultimate YOLO if you do it, you know, just ultimate, you know, just go plus, plus, all right, YOLO, and then you're, you have to YOLO your cards. It's just, I don't know. I, I, no, I don't like this. I think I'd rather just keep attacking with a 4-4. Yeah, I, I, I'll just win that way. So, Sarkin, number three. What's your number two? Number two for me, a uh, a format warper. Oh! I like all, all uh, Any format that it's in, uh, the format that it's in has warped around this card uh, much. We've, we've had a couple examples of red cards doing that in standard. Um Lightning the most Bolt. recent example would have been Lightning Bolt, where just all the decks in the format warp to play it. Yeah, nice, great um, Sable Stag. Right, nice, great Sable Stag, idiot. Yeah. Uh, nice Magus of the Moon, idiot, against oh, a yeah. five-color deck. Yeah. Like, just all these things have, like, warped around it. Well, the first red card about which I remember everything warping, uh, including, you know, the blue-green opposition deck, splashed red so it could play. Lightning Angel and Shadow Mage Infiltrator's worst enemy, Flame Tongue Kabu. Ah, yes, yes. Uh, Flame Tongue Kabu single-handedly kept Lightning Angel and uh, Shadow Mage Infiltrator from being any good the first time around when they were printed in Invasion. Uh, all it did was say, "Thanks for the four-two. <laughs> Thanks for allowing me to kill you know kill your guy and put a four-two into play." Um, this card is obviously a mistake. Something was wrong. It is a splashable four-power creature that is a removal spell, too, is abusable with blinking, uh, fine to reanimate. Um, <laughs> you're almost happy to have it in any single deck. This card would go in aggro, uh, mid-range, and control decks. 
who can cast it. Um, the cards are ridiculous. Uh, it got so bad that I, you know, I did a draft once back in Invasion Block. It was full Invasion Block draft. And uh, my deck, I opened Trevor the Renewer. The bat one? The one. Uh, had like the, you know, like Haros and just like the gr- unbelievable green, white, blue deck. Uh, in pack two, I open uh, Questing Feldegriff, which is like the, once again, a ridiculous card in a format. Uh, however, there was a Flame Tongue Kavu in that pack. I, as I learned after the draft, incorrectly passed the Flame Tongue Kavu. Should have just splashed it into my already three-color deck for a four-color deck because wound up losing to it because uh, my opponent was able to just cast it multiple times and get it into play multiple times in the same game, and it's ridiculous, and it uh, often two-for-ones, your biggest things, uh, the fact that it's killing something when it comes into play, uh, unless you have a pile of bears around that you can trade with it, you know, often it can kill much bigger things than it in combat as well. If it comes back and does it again, it's feel, feel real bad about yourself, especially when they're like, Crypt Angel, mm-hmm. hey, guess who's back? Yeah, did your did your opponent have any like gating creatures that like? Uh, he did. Oh, right. One, one one of which being a like seven seven trample or whatever the heck that card was. A Sheevan worm. Yeah. Jeez. So while I had these awesome you know rares in my deck, he just got to use flame tonkavu a bunch against me, and it's just like. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Flame Tunkavu, my number two card is pretty awesome. That's, uh, wow. That's tasty. Right. And, you know, I already had a Haro or two, and I think I had, you know, you know, you could, you could draft four colors in that format easily, especially when I had the Haro already. You know, and there were Lay of the Lands in Pack 2, and there are other things to do. Should have just splashed for it. Probably there, I suppose there's a chance that the Feldegriff could have tabled, but I doubt it. Yeah, probably not. So good. Um, and the people I was playing with were reasonable, so there's no way, uh, it would have tabled. Got sucked into, well, I already have this bomb rare in these three colors. I'm taking this other bomb rare. Wrong. Should have taken Flame Tunkabu. Paid dearly for, uh, for not taking it, so. Yeah. Kavu, number two for me. I like it. So my number two, kind of, kind of boring. Sulfuric Vortex. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> my boring, I mean, makes the game, I don't know, I, I like the impact that it has on a game. It just, the, the, the you know, the turns before, it feels like the, the pace is pretty defined. Mm-hmm. And then, Vortex happens like, oh, I guess I have to do this now. <laughs> right. Change of plans. It's like, well, I guess I need to start trying to kill you now. Right. The the decks that were relying on the, okay, well, I'll just cast this Faith Spreaders, or, you know, well, I have this Umazawa's Jitta that I can catch up with, or I have this, uh, which well, that card I think is one of the few that can probably pull you out of that. Only yeah. to the fact that it, it just dominates the board so completely. Mm-hmm. Or, but like, you know, oh, well, that's okay. I'll just cast this, uh, gain four, 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 uh, obstinate Bayloth, or I'll just do this. And I have plenty of time because he's only got two creatures and I have this wrath in my hand. And, uh, whoops. Yeah, it's like, nope, don't matter. 
change of plans, try to figure something out. Now, how, many, how many times have you died to your own vortex? Not often. Not that often. Feels real bad when you do that, right? Yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> you, I, can feel, you can feel the game start slipping away, and you're like, no, no. It's kind of like when you die to your own winter orb. Yeah. It's like, it, it doesn't happen nearly as often. I've certainly died to my own winter orb more than I've died to... Uh, Vortex. Um, to, to my own vortex, but you can just feel it start to slip away. You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wasn't supposed to turn out this way. Yeah, it's like, what happened? Where, where did my life go wrong in this game? Right. It makes what me sad. Makes me sad. Witch Hunt was not that good. I guess. Oh, right. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I want to like that card. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe someday I'll put it back in my cube, but I don't know. Just five mana. It's just an awkward slot because. You want maybe you like want one curve topper in red, mm-hmm. and like that. I don't know. It seems like that's the worst one if you do run it in a red section of your cube. Sure. It's like all right, witch hunt, Sarkin, and uh, yeah. Well, right too, and it and it does one of those things too that like uh, a lot of the life spells, with the, with the exception of. Like, uh, Sphinx's Revelation, a lot of the life gain spells that a lot of people rely on, and it costs four mana. So, you know, it gets in before those. Yeah. Sphinx, uh, Vortex gets in before those. So that kind of matters a little bit. Um, but, like, yeah, you're right. At the five-drop spot, like, how many, like, we you know we talked about earlier that, uh, what's his name? It's worth five damage. You know, uh, Hellkite is worth a, a virtual five damage. Uh, Zealous Conscripts, the first turn, off is worth more than, than five damage the first turn. Mm-hmm. Um and ideally, those are the turns you want to be killing your opponent. Yeah. You know, you don't want to kind of give them a chance to untap and do something and then maybe give them another turn after that. Like, at that point in the game, the one or two damage might matter a lot yeah. as far as what they're taking. It does you know? feel like this is awfully one, Witch Hunt is a little one-dimensional, too. Correct. Which, I guess, Vortex, I think, is fine at that. I don't know. It feels like I'm convincing myself to try it again, and I probably will, and then I'll be disappointed. Yeah, but that's fine. But it's you, just you know you put in two rounds with it, and then you know it's certainly after the second time. It's like it's like that girl you date that you're like, oh, this girl looks like she's going to be awesome or seems really cool, and then you go out on like you go out with them for a little while, and you're like, you know, it's just not that interesting. It's just not for me. And then you get some distance again, and you're like, no, they have to be awesome. Like, no, this has to be good. And you try it again, and you're like, no, oh yeah, I know why. Yeah, no, we're good. And yeah. then once you try it the second time, then you're done, right? Then you can be done. Yeah, it is unfortunate. Like, it does seem like it closes out a game decently well, Witch Hunt. But I mean, Vortex definitely does a very good job of that. Mm-hmm. It's just like, all right, so round three, which is kind of strange. We're well, talking about pressure from an earlier position too. Yeah, like we're I talking mean, the, the, the likelihood of them, you know, having an answer to Witch Hunt is higher than them having an answer to Vortex because you're just going to see more cards by that point as well. Yeah. One thing that's kind of weird, um, you know, we're talking about three drops, creatures aren't very good, but it seems like Red's three spells are quite good, which mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of leaned on in that meantime while its Red threes weren't attacking, they were more attacking spells like Char, Staggershock, Molten Rain, and Vortex, and those kinds of spells, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's just like, creature, creature, spell, creature, creature, and it's just kind of this weird situation. But right. I don't know. But, you know, that's okay, too, right? Because you get the, or, you know, if that, if that turn three is your spell turn, if you can go one drop, two drop, you know, 
swing with both, and then you get into your like four drop haste guy yeah. to go along with your one and two. Like, I mean, that that's a fine plan as well. But man, wouldn't it be nice to to keep getting uh, three drop creatures so you can just kind of go right up that curve? Mm-hmm. That would so, be. Yeah. Yeah. So three vortex is awesome. That's a good one. And it's a card that not many people liked when cubes first came out. Yeah. Another card. Yeah. We do, it took a fair amount of convincing. It was one of those cards too. It's like, no, no, just play it, just try it. Yeah. And people did, and they're like, okay, yeah, this card's really dumb. And was the like, uh, told it, you. it was the old fear of the drawback. It was like, but I take damage too, because like I think when I first tested it, you know, I was like, I play vortex, and I was like, all right, V click, and I was like, oh, uh oh, right, and then died too, and I was like, man, that sucks. But you know, I've since learned then that you know. Testing is a bit more robust than than that. You know, you right, definitely put, you put in more. One. Yeah, and I was like, well, I was like, as it turns out, the card's ridiculous. So, so yeah, but yeah, that's definitely a good one. So, what's uh, speaking of a good one? Mm. Your number one, yeah. There you go. So, my number one is a card that uh, single-handedly puts me into red. Uh, puts me into a red archetype, puts me into a heavy red, will put me into a mono red. Um, it's a card I want to see every red deck that I have. This is another card. I mean, I mean, I mean every red deck. I mean every red deck. Uh, if I have uh, enough red mana in it that I can cast this card, I want it in the deck. This card is so awesome. Even its own anagram is its name. That is... Is Koth of the Hammer, K O T H. K O K O indeed. So K O their hammer. Mm-hmm. He's a hammer. This guy is uh, oppressive. Um, you know, attacks for as a four four haste on turn four. Sticks around to do it again. They have to deal with it, or else the ultimate. You know, unlike you know Sarkin, where the ultimate is like well. What's really that going to do? Yeah. This ultimate just is a vicious, vicious beating and will win the game for you, uh, very soon after it's, uh, you achieve the emblem. Um, when, you know, cause there, I could certainly see games where, you know, a 4-4 attacker isn't really what you're going to want to be doing. Uh, 4-4 attacker on the ground, uh, because, you know, maybe it'll just die or maybe it just gets blocked or whatever. But, uh, Turning all your lands into Tims, is yeah. a, all your mountains into Tims is pretty absurd, and it wins game wins games in a hurry. Even if you have to deal with their board presence first, you can just deal with their board. If they can race you, you can just kill their board presence with your lands first. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like so nice without uh, spending spells if you don't want to. Yeah, like if they have an, a big Elspeth or something, it's like all right, make three dudes. All right. Right. Pew, pew, hit pew, you. Pew, 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 pew. Or just kill Elspeth. That, that also works, too. Or just, you just kill your opponent. Right. Yeah. There's just all kinds of stuff you can do with it. I mean, it's it's a ridiculous card. While the second ability, I can't say I've ever used the second ability in my life. I don't think I have either, which it's... I mean, it's so funny, like, so many these solid cards, which are, like, two ma- ability cards, like uh, a Johnny, a Johnny Goldmane. Actually, mm-hmm. that's a one ability card. <laughs> to be honest, no, I certainly no. I absolutely, it's a two ability card. Absolutely, I don't think I've like I've ultimated it once. Oh no, I've gained life. Oh yeah, plenty. The life is 
but I think the reason, if you're playing it in a deck, it's mainly for the plus. Sure, but there are times, but but it's it's not like Koth, where I'm just like, I don't remember ever using the second ability. Mm-hmm. I remember plenty of times gaining two life. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely done it before, but I mean, for the most part, I'd say the percents are very heavily weighted towards plusing, or, you know, counters, and, like, cough is just like, all right, plus, and it ultimates so fast, too. Right, it's, it's like, much faster than uh, than what it seems like it should. Yeah, it's like, cast it for three, immediately goes to four, and you attack for four, and it's like, well, next turn you have to deal with this, or you'll probably be dead soon. Right. And it's like, and they're dead. So, Usually. for me, cough of the hammer, I mean, this is a card that, like, if I'm like teetering on red, I will. It will put me solidly into red. If I open it, pack one, pick one. I'm just like, all right, here we go. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the card is just that good. It's that oppressive. It's that impressive. It's a oh. fun card. I I dig it. I like that his name is an own anagram of himself. Yeah, that's definitely sweet. I don't know if that was intentional or not, but it's pretty funny. I would assume it is. I mean, it has to be. So. Cough of the Hammer, for me, number one. It's a good one. Yup. It's definitely a good one. So my number one is a card I actually sent you in the mail. Ooh. Wearing a red leather jacket, so this is like the <laughs> the Uber Tom Ross. Yeah, it's a Thrillmaster. When I first saw it previewed in Duels, I was like, wow, this thing seems quite good, so I tested it, and... Yeah, this is this card's ridiculous. Shocker, it's quite good. How come uh, people have not gotten theirs altered to look like Hamburglar yet? <laughs> yeah. And then you can have, like, a bunch of hamburgers with, like, arms and legs in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a proxy just waiting to happen, right? I probably would, yeah. I like. I feel like, I feel like this is something that needs to be said on Twitter yeah. <laughs> after the podcast. So we can get a... So we can get a uh, yes. We can get ourselves a uh, Hamburglar. Hamburglar <laughs> Rabble Master. I think like I think Frank Lepore was like nicknaming it like Rabble Rabble or something or, or you know right, something right. like that back in the day like w- during the Pro Tour or whatever. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. Hamburglar. Yeah, this card is sweet. It yeah, ham- does so much damage so fast. Yeah, it's like one, then six, then eight, then dead. Assuming they can't block. And if they do, well, you've got other stuff attacking. Which I think was kind of a talking point against the card was, you know, like, oh, it's like Goblin Assault. They'll just block. And it's like, well, don't you have other things to do? Correct. Like, aren't you doing something with your life? Like You're, you're not, not required to play bad magic, a.k.a. no other magic, after you play this card. It's not like Enduring Ideal, where then you can't do anything else. Yeah, it's like... It's not Enduring Rabble Master. I play that again. If you got another Rabble Master every turn, that would be fine too, right? We just got a Rabble Master every turn. Oh, jeez, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> like going all literally all in on Rabble Master. It's like right. I'm casting this. I right. can't do anything. So like, let's play a game. You play your deck, and I'm going to play my deck. But starting on turn three, I'm just going to get a Rabble Master every turn, and let's see who wins. Oh, I like that one. Oh, I was saying like if you. You, all, you just play Rabble Master and, the, and you can't play anything else. It's like Enduring Ideal. It's like, right, but then Enduring Ideal, like, you get to do it again the next turn, right? All those Enduring cards, you get to do it again the next oh, turn. Oh, right. That's why, you get, that's why you have to keep getting Rabble Masters after that. That would not be bad at all. Like, you keep getting Rabble Master every turn. Right. Wow. That would be ridiculous. 
I guess that's the point, but. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, no, the card is, whew, card's really good. Once again, didn't make my list, just haven't had enough time to play with it. Uh, but I'm anxiously looking forward to getting those in the mail so we can play them in standard and start wrecking some face. Uh, yeah, they should be coming in, uh, they should be coming in tomorrow, right? Yeah, that'd be sweet. I'm looking forward to it. So, just in time for FNM. Nice. What are you so, playing it on? Uh, playing it in Jeskai at this point. Oh, like Jeskai Burn? Yeah. Nice. Because, you know, I had this burn deck together and I really liked it, so why not just, you know, keep it going? Add we, lost a lot of, we lost a lot of good spells, unfortunately, but Rabble Master's pretty good. Mantis Rider, very good. Uh... You know, I, I'm unconvinced about the third creature slot at this point. Um, a lot of decks are playing Seeker of the Way, which I could see if it gets out of control could be pretty uh, obnoxious. Yeah. But, you know, you get some new spells. Uh, Jeskai uh, Charm is pretty good. Yeah. Especially in a format of shuffles. You get to, like, either you get to go forward to the face or you get to play uh, Submerge on yeah. your guys. Or, yeah, like unexpectedly absent, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like, they, and but they shuffle. It, so it's just gone, you know, or it might just be gone. Who knows? Maybe it's on top. Yeah. But, uh, but the fact that you get to just randomly shuffle their problems in, and if they happen to get you, uh, if they happen to leave themselves open to that, forward to the face, um, you know, you get, you certainly get some good burn spells as well. Um, I kind of like deflecting palm a lot. It's yeah. Not, uh, some of the other burn spells, but, Against a lot of decks, it's just a really, it, granted, it's a reactive burn spell, but, um, it, it certainly has its uses. I don't know if it's necessarily main deck, but, uh, but yeah, I, I just think a lot of cards in the deck and, uh, it's like the, it's like the next evolution of the burn deck. So. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to playing it and, uh, luckily had some, some, some good fortune in opening some, uh, Mantis Riders last week at FNM, so. Yeah, it's so weird that that's like, is it still ten dollars? Yeah, it's like for probably right around eight, eight ten. Jeez. Yeah, also, I, we'll, we'll see what happens at the Pro Tour. Yeah, that Pro Tour is going to be the thing that's going to set card prices here for a while. Yep. Uh, you know, if, if any deck, you know, uh, obscure cards that are going to make top eight are going to skyrocket. So uh, I mean, that's kind of what happened with Rabble Master. Like exactly what. And happened. that was the weird thing. I think I talked about this on a prior episode. You know, just as like. I was looking, I was like, this card seems really good. And I was like, you know, testing it cube and it was working well in red aggressive decks. And then during the last week, somebody played it in like a rock dose mid range deck. I'm like, this mm. card seems really good. And then I was like, I wonder if it's going to see play in standard. Like, I wonder if, but it wasn't going anywhere, like money wise. I'm just like, mm. why is nobody playing this card? This card seems absurd. Either that or I'm a complete idiot and I don't know how to evaluate things. So I was checking like everywhere. I was like, all right. Twitter, um, Spike subreddit. I was like everywhere. I was like, am I just yeah, yeah like yelling at windmills? Am I just nuts? Mm-hmm. And then like at the pro tour, it was like Tom Ross and uh, Team Revolution are crushing everybody with this rabble goblin rabble master card. And what's this? And I was like, what? I was like, thank God somebody's playing this card. Yeah, and then a card just it became the that, that rabble red card just became uh. One of the defining decks of the format there late in the season. Mm-hmm. So, because the card just needed an answer by itself. Yeah. So yeah, it demanded an answer or else take over games. You know, when we see that in cube a lot, right? Uh, another card that a lot of people don't play but should be playing is uh, Master of the Wild Hunt. Yeah, yeah. 
card to just take a, you know, take over games by itself. Uh, ever played Innistrad Limited and try to play against a Bloodline Keeper? Yeah, I was going to say the same way. It's like, can you deal with this? Nope. All right, you're dead now. Right, just like you can't leave it alone for that long or else it's, it is going to kill you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have that as well. And so there's a, there's, there's quite a, there's a, the, anytime you get your own little army in a can, you know, uh, Cargo Ranger, um, Siege Gang Commander, mm-hmm. you know, anytime you get these, uh, creatures that can single-handedly provide you with enough threats to win a game on their own, you have to seriously evaluate them. And uh, this guy absolutely qualifies. It's one of those weird things about green or uh, you know aggressive threats is you know you have to com- constantly commit things to the board. It's mm-hmm. like all right, one drop, two drop, and then if they wrath you, it's awkward. Right. But it's like all right, so here's this rabble master, and you have to deal with this now or you take damage. It's like they could leave a guy behind, but that means they're not doing anything to deal with you doing something. At that point, mm. you're not even doing anything. You just put a tutu out there. It's like, all right, so you have to change your game up or you're dead. So, mm. yeah. I mean, it's another one of those things where it's like, well, you have to attack. It's like, okay, that's that's great. The card's good enough where the choice doesn't really matter because the card's return on investment, you know, the ROI is just so absurd. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and yeah, so... Yeah, Railmaster, and also works, you know, as we've seen in Standard, I've found it working pretty well in slower red decks. Sure. Like, and it's another, I think this is a great example of a multitasker kind of card where, you know, you don't just play it in the red aggressive deck. It can play well in other decks as well, so I definitely like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I definitely like Railmaster. It's a sweet one. Yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to disagree. It certainly made its impact felt in the time that it's been legal. So, shoutouts to Gallum Rabble Master because it's a sweet one. Shoutouts to the Hamburglar. <laughs> Hamburglar, I like that. Hamburglar. Rubble, rubble. That will be a, that will be a sweet altar. Yeah, I agree. I like. I also, I also wanted to get. I also wanted to get. What's his name? Uh... I also wanted to get four uh, Squadron Hawks done as the Ghostbusters. Yeah, I remember you were going to ask Klug to do it. Yeah, it's just a, it was just a, a little bit a little bit much. I didn't play enough or make enough magic, make enough money playing Magic to to do that. But he certainly but it would have been the one to to get to do it. He yeah. was a uh, the one of the finest, if not the finest, uh, card alterer out there. Yeah, because you know who are you going to call? <laughs> <laughs> this is very true. Who are so, you gonna call? Who are you gonna call? Ah, <laughs> uh, so good. So, all right. Uh, well, I guess that wraps it up. Uh, anything you want to plug here on our way out the door? So lately, I've been doing more stuff on the blog. Mainly, I've just been finally getting off my butt and like updating my popper cube. But it's mm-hmm. kind of lit the fire for me, just doing more stuff. So, or I'd rather be cubing.wordpress.com. Mm-hmm. And before it was mainly just for, like, hey, here's a crack pack. Hey, here's a uh, crack pack. <laughs> that would just be it. I was like, all right. So I was like, this has got to change. So I've been working on putting more information and just stuff on that blog. So, cool. yeah, and I'm, I've got a video in the works 
um, you know, a draft video, which should be interesting. Nice. And, you know, just um, some other ideas in the queue, but mainly just getting that popper cube up there. And, you know, it's up on Cube Tutor right now, which is a link from the blog. And by the mm-hmm. way, Anthony, you never responded to my tweet. Yes, I need link to on do, <laughs> yes, I need to, uh, I, I do need to do that. I was planning on, uh, updating it here for, for cons before, for bumping that over to you, but I'll make sure I get that done. Okay, no worries. I just saw that and I was like, did you forget? And I was like, oh. yeah, it's just one of those things I saw during the work day and then just gets shuffled to the back of my mind. Is so. no, is no, it got, it got unexpectedly absented. Right. Five. Right. That's a sweet card, by the way. Submerged that thought. Submerged. <laughs> for free. But yeah, so. I think that's, um, it's all I can really think of, at least on my front, like, uh, you know, Usman on the Rad on Twitter. I'm glad mm-hmm. to finally have a good Sarkin, because Sarkin yeah, yeah, was kind yeah. of terrible. I won't say it was terrible, but it got, it was, it had, its competition was much better. Mm-hmm. So it kind of went by the wayside. I don't know if Usman the Dragon Speaker, that sounds kind of terrible. Yeah, it sounds kind of, uh, lame. Yeah, so we're, we're sticking with Usman the Rad still. Also takes up a bunch of characters unnecessarily. Yeah, that's way too many characters. <laughs> I don't know how I can hashtag with that. <laughs> All right, well, uh, and your Anthony forty two yep, on, on the Twitters 42. and uh, hopefully my cons review is going up Monday. Yeah, my written cons review that we submitted the same day. Unfortunately, my content manager already had the next week planned out. Oh. So, uh, look for my, uh, cons review on legit MTG. Uh, I, I, I think, I'd like to think that I'm saying some important things, uh, much like you did in yours where you, where you spoke of the mechanics and how they influence things. Yeah. Uh, I definitely spent some time talking about, uh, the morph mechanic and some other things and how they influence cube and cube decision making, uh, for gameplay and for, and for, uh, inclusion. So, uh, Check it out. I think uh, I, 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 I'm kind of proud of the, some of the things I said on there. I also make a couple bad jokes too. So Sweet. I can always get behind bad jokes. Yeah, one of them is uh, one of them is pretty bad. It was one of those things. It was in in the fla- in the uh, in the flavor of polyamorous rush. And so those things that when I first saw the card, I thought of much like Holsey's. Holsey's, uh, yeah. Much like that, it was one of the things that I saw it and just miss interpreted what I saw or, you know, my first instinct, you know how your brain does autocorrect? Yeah. It's that thing. It's like my brain went to do autocorrect and corrected it to something that's completely not correct. No. So well, I guess people's brains, like, kind of, and I, it seems like people kind of do that magic too. Like, a lot of mental shortcutting, mm-hmm. and they kind of go towards direct analogs like, this looks like this, so this is how I'll pronounce it. It's right. like, this card plays like this, so, like, Route Master is a lot like Goblin Assault, so it sucks. Right. Well, I guess it's kind of the same way, where it's like, I saw this, and mental shortcut. That's all. Yeah, brains. Brains are weird. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so about uh, Anthony42, pretty much everywhere. Twitter, message boards, you name it. That's me. All right. Well, I guess that's it. That's true. Well, we do have the, uh, the one more thing. Oh, that's right. It's Rock Over London, Rock on Chicago. Mirage. Mirage is back. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> awful. I think that oh, might be so bad. It it feels like it's the worst one we've gotten. Right. And it's in reference to phasing? It feels like right. it, yeah. Like, where did Mirage is back from? 
from where? From where did it go? If this yeah. is the introduction to it, where did it go? I guess it went with Teferi's Isle. There we go. Yeah, or Sandbar Crocodile or whatever. Right. God. <laughs> so that's funny that you should mention Sandbar Crocodile. By the way, why? I'm not going to tell you. You will have to read my article on Monday to find out why. Ah, nice, nice. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh. <laughs> so if you happen to listen to this and then go read my article, you will uh, you will see the funny coincidence that has just happened based on this conversation. Hit me up on uh, Twitter and tell me about it. And, that is, and tell me if you at least got an eye roll out of it. Nice. So. That is too funny. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll see you guys next time. Thanks a lot. All right. See ya. Bye.